On this episode of Taste Cast, we will be discussing our takeaways of E3 2021. E3 has come and it has gone already so quickly, and we watched pretty much everything there is to have watched of E3. Hopefully, you guys had a chance to do that as well. Hopefully, you guys had a chance to check out our reactions. We're going to be talking about best presentation, worst presentation, biggest uh, banger of E3, uh, worst game of E3, or worst thing in general, um, big surprises, um, worst surprises, and all that. So make sure to stay tuned for that conversation. Of course, let us know what we thought as well. And we'll be discussing what we've been playing and reading your comments that all pertain around E3 2021. So it's going to be a bookend to E3 wrapping it in this episode. Before we do that, make sure to download and play Operation Tango, Virtual Fighter 5, Ultimate Showdown, Star Wars Squadrons, and Minecraft. We're going to be talking about that this weekend on Game of the Month and Plus Club, so make sure to come back for that as well to let us know your opinions on these games, and we'll let you know ours. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. If you prefer to listen to us in audio form, this will be an audio form, so if you prefer that, check those out. And we have a Patreon if you'd like to support this channel further than liking, commenting, sharing, and subscribing. If you're brand new, let's talk about E3. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 144 of the Taste Cast, a weekly podcast where we talk about things and all that stuff. My name's Seth, and of course, joining me is Chevy, and uh, Chris is not here. Hopefully, we get a chance to talk to him about E3 stuff next time he's on the show. Um, but yeah, we're going to be discussing E3 as a whole. As you guys already know, uh, E3 happened. Hopefully, you guys had a chance to check out everything that they showed. Hopefully, you had a chance to check out our reactions, and we will, when we're talking about E3 in this episode, be including... We will be uh, including... Um, uh, Summer Game Fest, just because it happened at the same time. I know it's not technically E3, but when we say E3, I'm including that as well. So you've been warned. Um, but yeah, before we jump into E3 and essentially talk about our lasting impressions of uh, the event and uh, our takeaways from it, we got to jump into what we always jump into on TasteCast, and that is what we've been playing. And uh, my list is very short, so maybe we should start with you first. Okay. Um, so I'll knock out the ones I can't talk about first. Um <laughs> Operation Tango. Played Operation Tango. Um, we streamed it. Feel free to check it out here on the channel. Full playthrough. If you don't, either if you don't have a PS5 or you weren't too interested or maybe you didn't have someone to play co-op with when it comes to Operation Tango, we played from beginning to end. So mm -hmm. if you're curious about it, you can see the whole thing. As far as opinions go, in about a week. So. Yeah. Uh, let's this see. This weekend. Plus Club this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking month flew by. Um, what was the other game? Uh, I have not played Squadrons yet. That's the one I need to play. And then I think it's Virtue Fighters, the other one. Played that earlier in the month. And then uh, I've been playing Minecraft. That's the game of the month, so I can't really talk about it too much. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of weird because you've been talking about it for months now, and now you can't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so come back in a about a week for that one as well yeah that will be at the beginning of next week it won't come out this weekend and then yeah outside of that um i picked up i don't know if i brought up last episode or not so i'm just gonna bring it up real quick uh, i picked up guilty or strive um i played a couple matches it is beautiful um it plays really good it does play different though so there's an adjustment there that i have to get used to and i have to kind of figure out what character i like right now 
So I have not put enough time into it to give like a solid hard opinion, but it's it's a solid game so far. Um, they also uh, <clears throat> have a pretty well done story mode. It's uh, it's very much like a, a movie, so kind of neat. Hmm. Yeah, it's something that everything has. Um, I I think too late, not too late, but very late for the genre uh, have had to start doing yeah. because other people within the genre start doing really good jobs at telling stories and fucking fighting games are actually like lore rich, like pretty fucking yeah, full of like, like a lot of lore and um, nobody's telling the stories that well in game. You had to go read about it yeah. outside of it or unlock some, you know, or catch tidbits of their conversations they had between each other and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And piece it together. And so some people start doing it and now everybody's starting to do it and it's great. Like that's the, whenever I tell people like I love competition, that's the reason is because most people who make fighting games probably had no interest in telling the story that way. And that's evident that they weren't doing it. And then, you know, more combat came out and was like, we're going to straight up do like triple A cinematics in this fighting game, like a full multi-hour campaign and everything. Yeah. Yeah, And you're going to love it. And then some other people are like, should we start doing that? People seem to like it. And then people are like, do we have to do it? I guess, I guess we got away with it for a while. I guess we got to start making fucking campaigns. Yeah. Between that and the way they handle multiplayer fighting games. Now, those were kind of like big things that needed to happen in the, the fighting game world. So, I mean, fighting games are fun, of course, but the genre hasn't evolved that much. Uh-uh. And so I think getting better told stories is a good middle ground of how to evolve the genre. For sure. Um, so yeah, I need to play it more though. Um, I meant to pick up Ratchet and Clank, but dude, didn't happen yet. Why have neither of us played it? I'm gonna wait till payday this week yeah. to, to pick it up. I, it solid plan, always a solid plan. Definitely something I want to pick up, but um, somehow that flew right under my radar. I had no idea it was out. Yeah, you. I was telling you about it, <laughs> and I was talking about it because it had released, and you had not been informed of that, and you were like, "Is it? Is it out?" And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it is. And then Josh hit me up, and he's like, have you played it yet? And I'm like, no. He's like, you should. I beat it. And I was like, well, Josh has already beaten it. It's already, he's already finished it, so yeah, it's definitely out. Yeah, yeah. so I need to pick that up still. Um, what else did I play? I played a little bit of ESO. Uh, I played with you and Chris. I won't go too into uh, too many details, but I did my first dungeon uh, in the game. It... Uh, popped twice for us, and the first time felt like how it was supposed to be played, and the second time felt like I was a person joining an MMO too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got a little bit of both worlds yeah. there. I, I'm kind so, of happy that you got to experience it in a way that like we weren't rushing through it. Because the second time yeah. we played it, we were playing some some bad motherfuckers Very and uh, overpowered people. Yeah, they uh, they weren't interested. <laughs> I think you came in, you're like, I'm new or something like that. And then they just like went, and just started running down the halls, just murdering shit. Yeah. I was like trying to keep up with them. Cause like my guy's pretty, you know, not super high level, but like I'm, I'm past the, you know, low 50 cap. And, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to keep up with them. Just like murdering with them. Like, all right, I guess we're running through this. Like, yeah. Whereas the first time we, it was like me, you and Chris and, uh, you know, some random dude. And he was very understanding that yeah. we had, well, you guys had never done the dungeon. I'd only done it a couple times. Um, and, you know, he kept pace with us and stuff like that and showed us the way in a couple parts. But, yeah, the second time was just. Yeah. Which, you know, in all, in all honesty, you know, I've been played Final Fantasy fourteen for so long. I'm, I'm kind of used to both sides of that spectrum even yeah. now. I tend to be in the camp of I go at the pace of the tank. So um, 
So if they're new and they're like, oh, I'm not comfortable, I'm like, dude, that's fine. Just do do it at your pace. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So um, so it was nice to be able to have that healer who was patient with us to to keep pace with us. But then the second run, I was just like, okay, I'm familiar with this. Yeah. I'm just going to loot as you guys kill everything. <laughs> so, um, Quick EXP. Yeah. Um, which is, it has its pluses and minuses, obviously. It is a bummer. Like, if it was my first time experiencing it, that'd be really... Um, poor way to experience it though fortunately i do have that information in my head where i would know that that's not how it's intended to be played for sure yeah you're not you're not new to mmos at all um obviously um but it it is a lot different when you get to go around every corner run to enemies and go okay how are we gonna fight this one oh it's that fight oh this boss versus like you're just following a dude who's like a lawnmower and you're just looking at the sites going like okay, yeah. cobblestone fucking walls and shiz, dark castle, whatever. And then you're <laughs> at the end and it's over. Like it, yeah. it, it takes a lot away from it for sure. I think, um, I think in the future, as much as like, I like the, the dungeon finder, um, in every MMO, I, I think it's very important to have, Nice, dude. I fucking do dungeons all the time. Yeah. It's through that. But I think because I'm already playing the game at, like, my pace to begin with, I'm not really, like, in a rush to get to the end game in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would prefer to have that experience, I think, in a more planned fashion so that I can experience the dungeons uh, versus just being run through them. Um, you know, 150 plus and the normal dungeons don't matter anymore, then, then I'll – I won't care as much. But right now, you know – it's all new to me, so I want to kind of experience it as best I can. So. Yeah, and have that luxury because I play SO every day, and uh, most of the time people I know who are playing it aren't playing it when I'm playing it, and I'm not the kind of guy who's going to let that hold me back. So, like, yeah. I, I'll just hop in with, like, random people and just fucking no, for sure. just grinding the fuck out of that game. Yeah, I mean, if I was, if I was like, like in the game, like, all the time, I'd probably Play be the same thing, yeah. yeah, but because it is more of a... Uh, a side game for me secondary mmo yeah um well kind of third if you're going to consider the time i put in minecraft but um well third game not mmo <laughs> yeah i never consider minecraft an mmo no at least not my server um yeah uh what else did i play this month that's gonna be a real short episode which is fine because i need the break yeah, I didn't really play anything like super involved or or really that I could talk about. I kind of stayed with my comfort games this last week. Um, I played some fourteen. We we uh, finally uh, finished getting the gear we need out of the third fight of this tier out of the four fights. So the only thing we have left to do is the fourth fight, and conveniently the tier got unlocked um, as of recording this. So uh, there's no risk in losing all the loot beforehand by skipping fights now because it's late enough in the the tier that they're basically like okay you guys can just play the game now so uh, that hindrance to keep you playing on a weekly basis got taken out Mm -hmm. so uh looking forward to doing some 12 or the fourth fight however you want to word that um people you know have real life obligations right now so we're not raiding a lot right now which is fine Real life comes first. Uh, we always summertime, bro. Party time. Everyone's fucking family stuff. But yeah, everybody's getting drunk and blacking out, dude. It's a good uh, time. Yeah, other than that I was leveling my warrior a little bit last night. So, uh, so what's going on with the servers? You were talking to me about it before um, we started filming, and maybe you can fill some people in. Oh, so during 
FanFest, they had, and I think even beforehand, they had mentioned they want to try to eliminate as many hurdles as possible for people to play together. And the way the game's set up now is there are, are, they're called data centers, and they're essentially hubs of servers um, that are in different locations. So there's, you know, one for uh, Japan, there's uh, two for Europe, and there's three for the United States, and soon to be one for Australia and Oceanic. Um, They don't need it. Originally, like, so to use America as the example, we have three data centers, and within those data centers, there's a handful of servers. As long as you're within your data center, you can hop from server to server, but not from data center to data center. Now you can hop from data center to data center. The only thing that doesn't go with you is your social stuff because those people don't exist there. So that gets that makes sense. Out, yeah. But you can still play the game. So if you know someone who plays somewhere else and they want to run a dungeon or raid or whatever, you can go over and do that with them now. Hmm. So very cool, very cool. Um, yeah, it's good they're making all these small adjustments that are making the game uh, more streamlined and have a lot of freedom. Um, ESO and Final Fantasy XIV are very different beasts, um, so I wouldn't compare them, but that's one thing ESO does very well is accessibility. Mm. If you want to do something, there's not a whole lot of things that are going to get in your way. For sure. Unless you're trying to do a solo instance. You can't do that with people. You fight some random dude out in the dirt that <laughs> apparently is really buff. This is true. Yeah. This um, is true. <laughs> I think I think the the crazy thing about it is that there's already this huge focus on like not needing other characters because your one guy can do it all. The only reason you would make other characters is maybe like inventory space or to play on other servers. Mm. And now that doesn't matter. You can just have a character. So it's it's I don't know, it's pretty crazy. Um, I also think for hardcore raiders or people who play at the hours like I play, I could actually have better luck if I went over. I, I'm I'm not 100 sure. I'm pretty sure it works this way. But if I went over to the Japanese data centers, where people are awake when I'm playing, so that makes sense. And the game has an auto translate thing, so it'd be really easy to communicate. Does it work well? It worked well in 11. So they use the same system. Fucking old tech. I just you hit tab and it gives you a list of translatable phrases. So interesting. Mm. I thought it was like uh, translating as you type or something. No, no, it's no, very, so very impressive. You just, you know, go uh, looking for party, the name of the fight, please invite, you know, type of thing. Hmm. And that gets all gets translated. And you get, can you translate like um, important information during like a dungeon or a raid or whatever the fuck? Uh, well, that's going to be trickier for Japanese people playing with uh, Americans because we don't have one strategy we all do. <laughs> uh, versus in Japan, they have something that as soon as they beat it, they go, this is the way we do it forever. And then they make a text thing that they put at the beginning of the fight. And it'll have like H1, H2, so healer 1, healer 2, T1, T2, tank 1, tank 2, and then D1 through 4. And you just go, I'm healer 2. And then you just do what's on the map. Hmm. So it's very robotic compared to how we play. Because here, we sit here and argue for about 10 minutes before we actually start the fight. And then we do it and someone screws up. And you're like, you're supposed to do this. And you're like, well, I thought we were supposed to do this. No, that was the strategy we're not going to do. So what you're saying is we're not the Borg. Correct. But we usually come up with quicker kill strategies. Waste time with our freedom. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, Sounds so about right. Our clear rates are less, but our clears are usually faster. Because we do more risky strategies. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. It's a weird uh, difference in like usually when like world first race happen to you'll see it's usually like U.S. and Japan, Europe, 
in there sometimes, but they're they're Slacking. not super focused on rating the same way. Slacking. Like Japan's a heavy rating scene. U.S. is pretty heavy rating scene as well. So. It's because a certain person in uh, North Ireland isn't playing. <laughs> it's not an Ubisoft game, so true. It's true. That's Shots fired. Pretty much all I've been playing though. So my my list is even shorter. Uh, played Operation Tango. I'm going to remind you guys. You can watch the full playthrough if you don't have a PS5 or you just didn't want to play the game. Um, I would recommend watching it. We're going to have a lot to talk about when it comes to talking about it on Plus Club. But you'll get a feel of what we thought of it there. I mean, we beat it. Um, and also, if you want some entertainment, it's uh, it's a lot of um, puzzle solving and getting annoyed with each other in a way that's not like negative. Like the game is supposed to be confusing, so mm-hmm. a lot of times you you have to remember that the other person you're playing with is not seeing what you're seeing. Completely different things they're seeing, and uh, yeah, that's kind of the biggest challenge of the game is the communication, which I actually um, will talk about later yeah as well start talking about my opinion right now um so yeah go check it out um eso i've been playing eso that's i've been doing e- e3 and eso um so that's what i'm doing making thumbnails doing chapters on the videos for e3 um and then eso so uh yeah eso my necromancer who is a DPS stamina necromancer uh, is almost a champion level 200 at this point, um, which isn't that high compared to, of course, people who play all the, the game all the time, but it's high enough that I'll get into dungeons and people start asking me questions now. And I'm like, I've been playing for less than a month, so don't ask me shit because I don't know anything. I'm like brand new practically. You're like, I'm really absorbed and I've just been using it. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've, yeah, I've just been running through this game. I don't know what's going on. I'm still learning stuff. Like three days ago, I found out I can upgrade my uh, bag inventory and I spent like a hundred grand on it. And I was like, Oh God, uh, it's been very useful though. Very nice to have uh, more space in my bag. Cause I fill that bitch up. Um, in case you don't know, uh, in ESO, you level to level 50. And then when you hit 50, that is the end of the leveling, but it resets you to champion level one and you start leveling champion levels. So I'm like, like 170, 180 or something like that. So I'm on my way to 200 right now. And each time you get um, a champion level completed, which seem to go faster than normal levels, you get champion points. And champion points work almost exactly like badass points in Borderlands. If you don't know what that is, it is an endgame mechanic in Borderlands and ESO where you get to get points that give you small little uh, percentages towards passive abilities to overall make your character better. But these passives in both games, now that I'm talking about Borderlands, uh, carry over across your other characters. So if I'm leveling my Necromancer and I'm like, uh, you know, champion 130 and I got, you know, all these uh, champion points I'm spending on this character, when I log into my level 5 character, just normal level 5, not champion level 5, I have all those champion points for them as well. And I can spend them right now. So that character at level five is more powerful than my necromancer was at level five because mm-hmm. I, if I'm using my champion points, which I should be, um, I can uh, upgrade uh, my abilities to do like crits, run faster, less fall damage, uh, less money when I'm um, you know teleporting all over the map, stuff like that, like a lot of stuff. So it's a pretty cool system. I'm, uh, I'm really into it because not only am I just like grinding for gear to get better and better gear, I'm also still leveling. I'm still going through a massive, it's a pretty big tree of, of passives. 
Um, and it's benefiting me and my other characters that I'm not playing right now. So I really like the system and it's cool to see it implemented into an MMO because, um, one thing ESO does that's really interesting, but it's very on brand for like Oblivion and Skyrim is if I'm whatever level and you're like level two, we can play together and do the same missions and I'll still get loot for my character. You'll get loot for your character at your level and the enemies will be difficult for both of us. Right. And so that's cool for accessibility and it makes it so the game's always interesting, but you never feel like you really got anywhere. Mm. You never feel like you're like, I'm level 50. Like right. I'm a badass. I'll, I'll fucking, I'll, I'll cheese through this and just, you know, uh, rush you through it and fucking level you quickly power level you and shit. That's not really a thing until you start dealing with the champion points. Those start inching you further and further and further into being a more powerful You character. start breaking stats, essentially. Exactly. Because, exactly. like, to use a, an example like Final Fantasy fourteen, there's always a point every endgame tier where crit becomes so abundant that everybody, at a certain point, just goes, okay, pure crit. Yeah, because exactly. now you're breaking stats, and it's just going to overpower Because you're multiplying, yeah. yeah. And that's why I always start going into crit in most games nowadays. It's like when I was younger, I was like, I don't want to make that build. But I'm like, no, why wouldn't I have crit? Yeah, because then when I hit those crits, yeah, it a I'm going to do a, a yeah. crazy amount of damage. Um, yep. And increase the crit chance. So I'm just doing more and more damage, more and more damage to the multiplier. Yep. Um, so my character, I got a lot of crit. So I'm doing that already. I started, <laughs> I started the character like that. Um, my necromancer is a um, dual-wielding um caster type mostly uh quick roguelike crit moves but then i can summon like um uh, skeletons that shoot at things while i'm fighting them or this heat seeking guy that flies at people and blows up which is nice but i'm mostly specced into the the the, the combat the hand-to-hand shit so it's interesting but um i'm enjoying it enough uh and yeah i still haven't touched the newest content i haven't uh done much with it i did make a new character there is um this is a dude on the internet that you guys might know about Hasbula, who is um this like russian boxer and i'll sleep at that you can look him up uh, i named my new character after him um he's a little my my character is a little short guy who's tough as fuck um and he's influenced by him. But anyway, I made a new character in an ESO. Every time you make a uh, new character, if you have the newest content, it will always spawn you in the newest uh, content zones. So right now, um, it's like Oblivion. And so it spawns you in that area. And um, so it's it's kind of a cool system because, like, I, I've talked about this before, but um, if you're new to the game and you have all the content and you make a new character... It starts you in the newest and best in ESO. It shows you the best graphics, the newest mission types, all that stuff, and you're getting a, a really good taste of, of the modern way ESO is. And then you can go back to the other zones and just play the stories in each zone. Each zone has its own storyline uh, that you can play through. So it's kind of segmented um, stories. Uh, but then also if you're like a veteran, you play the game a shitload and you make a new character, you're not going to spawn in the same old spawn that you've been spawning in for like the last seven years you're always going to have a new spawn zone when you when you make your character and i think it's a really smart and cool system um but hasbulla is a oh shit what is he i wanted to make him some kind of tank character but i started playing with a fucking bow and so which i'm sure you can make one in this game you can make really anything i saw some guy 
No, he wasn't a real tank. I was playing a match, or not a match, I was playing a dungeon, uh, and our tank bailed for whatever reason. And we're like waiting around, waiting around, waiting around for a tank to show up in the dungeon. And this guy shows up, and he just looks like Peter Pan, and he's got a fucking, he's got a bow and shit. And he comes running up, and I'm looking, I'm like, and he's, and he's, and he's um, got the the tank emblem. And I look at him, I'm like, I guess a tank? Well, I guess it's ESO, they can do whatever the fuck they want. We go into our first fight against the boss that we're stuck on, and he not only doesn't pull aggro for for anything, nothing comes after him, he gets hit by the boss and just fucking splat, dies instantly. And we all just get wiped and fucking, (laughs) we all respawn. And somebody's just like, "Um, are you really a tank or are you just pretending to be one so you could get into this dungeon? And the guy instantly was like, I'm sorry, I, you know, I, I did pretend I'm not actually a tank. And then the other guy's like, maybe we can still do this. <laughs> we ended up beating it with him. So <sighs> so you can beat Dungeon this without a tank. It was fucking rough, though. But I just thought it was funny. That guy just showed up, and he just, like I said, he showed up like Peter Pan and got murdered. And fucking, <laughs> the other person was just like, um, are you, like, they're very nice about it. Like, are you really a tank, or are you just an imposter? And the guy just, was instantly like, I'm sorry. Um, Jig is up. And no one kicked him. They're like, eh, okay, it's fine. We'll just try and play with you. Um, so anyway, yeah, playing it quite a bit, enjoying it quite a bit. Um, I, I hopped into this game buying half a year of uh, ESO Plus, and um, so far it's been a good investment because <laughs> I've, been, I've been playing every night. So, um, And yeah, I, I'll just end it with, if you're thinking about playing ESO, whether you played in the past, and maybe like me and you played when it first came out and you didn't like it, um, like me fucking it's a lot better now or if you haven't come back in a while you should come back and uh check it out because it's pretty fun um i think that's everything i've played i just downloaded stalker so i intend on playing that uh because stalker 2's got me very excited um but yeah with that anything else you've been playing short and simple i play eso now i gotta play minecraft I played everything else for Plus Club. We'll talk about that. Um, still got to get you to play Squadrons, but I still got to play Minecraft. I just haven't been in the mindset. I forgot it was our game of the month, half the month, because of E3 and all that shit. So uh, I will be probably playing quite a bit this week and this weekend. So um, getting a feel for all the new content. That's uh, that's my plan. The Ratchet and Clank too. I so my hit list, my fucking my my fucking hit list of shit I'm gonna play is Minecraft. Yes, um, for my dailies. Um, <laughs> Spoke like a true junkie. Yeah. Uh, Ratchet and Clank. Oh, dude, days that I, I haven't played. There's like a couple days this, this month that I haven't played, so I'm not going to get all the monthly mm. daily rewards. And it's pissing me off. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I got to figure that out. Because um, I can't always be on my computer. Um What's the other game? Ratchet and Clank. I want to play that. I want to play Minecraft, and I want to play... We got to play Squadrons. We should do some uh, online co-op real quick. Play a couple matches or some shit. Um, there's something else. I don't remember. Oh, Stalker. I'm going to play those. That's my plan for the next like week or so. So, fucking wish me luck. Godspeed and all that <laughs> shit. Uh, but let us know in the comments what games have you guys been playing? What have you been enjoying? Have you played the new Ratchet and Clank? Is it as good as I hear everyone saying? It's fucking amazing. Um, people keep talking about how amazing it looks. Somebody was like jokingly saying on Twitter, like, I don't know how the fuck these guys made this game. Um, oh, well that, that makes me even more upset that I didn't buy it. 
<laughs> oh, I've heard nothing but like crazy praise for it. Um, of course. Yeah, it's it's apparently very good. Worth the price. Although people are bitching that it's like fifteen hours, twelve or fifteen hours. It's ratchet and clank. Like I don't, I don't know. Um, now our game needs to be like a hundred hours, but that's I, I'm being ridiculous. That's quite a jump, but you know what I'm so saying. You, when you get older, yeah, those those longer games don't need to be every game. If I can get like a sh- well, if it's got replayability, that's cool. Like fucking, yeah. if I can get in like a short and sweet game that I really fucking enjoyed, has less time to have errors in it to make me go, I didn't like it that much. Um, I think it's a good thing. I'd yeah. rather it be short, sweet, and good than you know long and does the Red Dead Redemption 2 thing where, like, the beginning's great and the end's great and the gameplay's always dope, but, like, the story fucking drags for, like, literally six weeks in real life. Um, I can name a couple animes that do the same thing. Sure. So, you know, <laughs> I'd rather the opposite. If you got something that's shorter and just good across the board, fucking dope. And for I'm, sure. I'm, you know, more than willing to support that kind of thing, so as long as it is good. Um, yeah. Let's know what you, what you guys been playing, though. What would you recommend playing? And, uh, yeah. So, like I said at the beginning of this in the intro, and then in the second intro, E3 happened. Hopefully you had a chance to check out everything that was shown. There's a lot shown. Um, and uh, hopefully you had a chance to check out our streams, whether you were there while we did them live. Thank you for hanging out if you did. Or if you watched them later, which thank you for watching if you did. Um, hopefully you got a chance to kind of sample everything that was shown. So before, uh, we're going to do something different this year. Typically, we always cover E3. And then sometimes we'll like we'll talk about it afterwards, which was the plan here. But I kind of wanted to do like something not quite like awards because we haven't agreed upon what's the best, what's the worst, stuff like that. But I do have a couple categories that I want to go through of uh, things of E3. And we're going to have both have our own opinions on them and kind of throw them out there. And then we're going to grade all of E3 at the end. So think about that. Um and of course, we invite you guys to do that as well. But before we jump into that, um, I want to have a general conversation about how do you think E3 was handled in 2021 after 2020? Everybody knows what that means. Um, strengths, weaknesses, what do you think could have been improved? Do you think they did a good job? Do you think they did a bad job? Um, there seems to be people out there who um, are pretty tough on some of the presentations thinking there were awful and they should have never done them some of them i kind of agree with some of them i think are a little little rough um other people defending them there's there's a lot of opinions about how e3 was handled in um a time that hasn't really been experienced by any of us um so it's kind of a an interesting um, situation yeah um so they didn't have one last year at all yeah um and then this year they obviously decided not to do a physical one and opted to do a um, digital only one, which makes sense. Not every country is at the same level of of uh, readiness for physical uh, interaction. So, um, I heard France opened up. What's up, France? Um, that being said, with with the 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 model they chose to take. Um, I think there is a level of understanding, but also a level of examples before it as well um, that should be taken into consideration. So, like, they haven't done this before. And so I, I do feel a little lenient in that regard. Yeah. The the only thing I don't have lenience towards is because um, really at the end of the day, like, 
E3 was put on a schedule and those people showed up, right? And I think in that regard, they completely succeeded. There was multiple days of events available for us to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. What ended up happening, I feel, is a lot of people showed up and took slots for these events. Um, some of them understanding what consumers wanted to see and other ones, not so much. Um, so I, I think there was a, a decent amount of stuff that didn't really belong in, not even necessarily belong, that didn't really fit into the, what I would consider like E3, right? Uh, it should have been more so like personal personal uh, releases on their own, their own time, their own schedule versus like an event that's meant to be like a time to celebrate and, and advertise really video games. Mm. And, uh, and a lot of them just didn't bring video games and that's yeah. really weird. So, yeah, I kept mentioning it on a couple of the presentations we did, make sure to watch those if you haven't, um, where I was kind of speculating on like, do these guys just take a slot because they typically do maybe the last year they're a little disoriented because they didn't do E3 and they're like, Oh yeah, we just do E3. What? Of course we're gonna have a slot, but then like they're like, "Well, we're gonna show. Well, we got that game coming out soon. Let's just throw that on there. Like, we gotta sell that game." It didn't seem like uh, some of the people were in the mindset of like the event of E3. Yeah, it was just like they they were there and they kind of you know um, went by the numbers and just kind of showed anything that they had at the time. Uh, some people really didn't have much to show at all um, or they just showed shit they showed on other presentations. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of factors to that. I don't think there's just one answer to all that. For but sure. I do, I do think it is worth acknowledging um, that, uh, that the circumstances of, of what we have all gone through in the last year does exacerbate a lot of things for everybody. But with that, certain people brought quite, like good fucking presentations yeah. with it and other people didn't. So people like people more prepared for the the environment they're being put into. So it can't be the excuse, but can be part of the whole picture. Exactly. Um, and I think it's really important to look at. Um, I think a lot of people just kind of go like, well, I didn't like that presentation. So it sucks. Everything sucks. E3 sucks. Um, there's good presentations. There's bad ones, but um, some of them were oddly bad and not bad. Like, E3s we've had in the past where you're just like, well, that segment was fucking dorky or that was really cringy. But like, why did you show up? Yeah. Because it doesn't seem like you really cared a whole lot. It seemed like you wanted to advertise your movie um, or give us a lecture on something. Yeah. And uh, those things I don't think are the things people are clamoring for. Uh, Call me crazy. Um, then another presentation showed big high speculation games of myth and legend and other uh, presentations showed just a shitload of fucking games that people are really curious about. So um, it was very interesting to watch, but um, I don't want to just poo-poo anybody who didn't bring it. There's always presentations during E3, um, EA, that uh, don't bring it. and Consistently. And so it's going to be a factor, but like I said, there's like this weird vacancy this year in some of the presentations that seemed like they didn't understand what E3 was anymore. Yeah. Um, it seemed like, uh, you know, if I was watching videos on YouTube, there'd be an ad in between those videos that I'm watching and they would have 
taken that added space up to advertise a game coming out. And that's what their presentation was. And um, honestly, it was was mostly just kind of disappointing, but also confusing. Even uh, some higher profile people that I watch, uh, I'm just going to throw one of them out there, Easy Allies, they had a pretty similar uh, reaction to, um, uh, oh God, uh, Gearbox that we had. I saw that a lot on Twitter. I as well. never watched their reaction. We we watched that like a couple hours after it come out. Yeah, and then later I was like, oh, I wonder what. Like literally that one specifically, I was like, I wonder what they thought of that. And I started watching it, and they're like sitting there, and these are all like professional people who know people in the industry and shit for years. Yeah, and they're yeah. and some of them were like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, and then like as some of the parts went on and on and on, something we commented on as well. They first said the same thing. They're like, this is still going on. I'm like, okay, so we're not fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, this was really kind of weird. So anyway, with that, um, it was a weird year, but I think that you got to kind of look past some of it to a certain degree. But of course, you got your opinions. You should have them. I have mine, everything like that. Yeah. Um, I think some people are being, like every, with everything, overly harsh on a lot of stuff um, and being, you know, kind of shallow about the way they view it. But um, there's some really weird shit that happened in the C3 that, uh, that will go into my overall grade for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um you know, I also think it's it'll be it's uh, worth pointing out as well that some companies that had uh, or a company that adopted all digital stuff very early on felt right at home when when they did theirs, mm-hmm. and then um, the other big name that that came out did it doing a, a hybrid of both stage and and digital um, also knew what they were doing, like they had a plan. There was a flow, et cetera. Um, even ones that people memed on a little bit. I'm being vague because we're going to actually have you know conversation about mm-hmm. specific stuff in a m- moment. But, um, but also, go check out the videos yeah. if you're curious about what we're talking about specifically too. Or maybe you watch them, you know what we're talking about. But um, I want to talk. I don't want to retroactively talk too much about what we've already reacted to. Yeah. The, the biggest thing, I think, was that you had publishers, smaller publishers, mm-hmm. um, show up, take a slot, and then what they actually meant to do was advertise a single product. And I think part of that problem is that when you're looking at a schedule for E3, at least me as you know, as a consumer, right? Mm-hmm. I go, oh, so-and-so is going to be there. I can't wait to see what, what they have to showcase. Versus if they would have just been like game title in this slot instead of their publisher name, I think there'd be way less confusion. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, lesson learned for next time. Um, if they don't take feedback and it continues this way, you're going to find less and less people interested. It's already kind of a finicky thing in the community. So, yeah. Two things to add to that. Uh, Jeff Keeley went solo last year doing a presentation or uh, an event, Summer Game Fest. I believe the first time they did it was last year. Yeah. Uh, which what a year to do it. Um, and I think we kind of needed it. Um, so it was pretty cool to have gotten it then, but at the same time it felt clunky and this year it felt clunky in some ways, particularly the way Jeff Keeley doesn't have much time to push all the stuff he has to show you. And with that, you get some bumps, but, um, this year he did much better than last year and it reminds me of another show he does. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so he, he's perfecting the art of, of Summer Game Fest. Uh, it's an interesting par- parallel to look at compared to um, 
E3 as an organized event that had multiple presentations going on. Um, but also compared to some of the people who might have seemed like they didn't care so much, but definitely not compared to like Xbox. So yeah. it's like um, that's that was interesting to to see. Also, another thing I want to throw out there. Uh, people have been saying E3 is going to die, E3 is going to die, E3 is dying, blah, 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 blah. And I keep telling people, in 2019, that place was fucking bumping, dude. There's so many people there. It's crazy. Um, the energy was insane, too, for a certain game that uh, the energy doesn't exist for anymore. Um, and Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, 2020 happened, obviously, and it just, nothing happened with E3. They didn't know what to do. They canceled it, blah, blah, blah. Um, it survived 2020. It's, it's here, and it's clunky, for sure. Yeah. But um, I don't think people understand the amount of money E3 makes. Uh, I don't know how they made it this year. Maybe in advertising. But um, probably. Um, although there are certain things they, I almost hope that this kind of reset their mentality with E3 because I remember in 2019 they were saying they want to start pushing E3 towards influencers and mobile stuff. And I was like, you do that, and I'm going to be one of the people who are like, yep, yeah, buy E3. Yeah. Um, which I'm not yet, but I understand where they're coming from. But at the same time, I think it's kind of illogical um, to think that E3 is just done. But um, came back, it, it, it didn't fall us up, but it couldn't really because of the circumstances. They had to go like, well, we got to do something, and they just did this. Yeah. So anyway, my, my whole point is it's interesting that even after you know a worldwide event that we went through um, – E3 survived that. So uh, it's pr- it's pretty, you know, the people who are involved, uh, I believe it's the ESA. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, they're pretty adamant about keeping E3 going, um, you know, for, for good and bad. Uh, so it's been interesting that E3, um, for the most part, in a lot of ways, uh, worked out this year, just not in the way that we would probably want. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, anything else to add to general thoughts of the whole event as a digital event? Do you think it worked day by day having these presentations, these presentations, some ambiguous things like take two interactive presentation or panel. And then it was just, um, a discussion on stuff that I'm, you know, I still think the multi-day thing, um, is a little necessary to be honest, because if you were to put just major developers and, um, console manufacturers in the same day you're looking at like half a day easily of content to watch and as someone who works a full-time job that's a rough day well and if they did like the netflix thing where they released the whole series in one day you have to sift through all of that yeah whereas like when they kind of like release it day by day you get to digest each piece and everybody gets their stage everyone gets their 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 chance at attention yeah yeah and some people got to waste it. And and all eyes are there. So I, yeah. I do think the format is better for both parties involved. It's less information overload and more um, one-on-one time, which um, is beneficial and can be very detrimental if you make an ass of yourself, a certain company who wanted to make fun of people for not having phones apparently a couple years ago. So, True. Yeah. True. Yeah. Shout out to fucking uh, Devolver. Every year. Doing, yeah. They they didn't skip a beat. Nothing changed for them. Well, yeah, In fact, the quality of what they did was even, like, better. Well, I just think it's funny because the whole thing is never actually officially part of E3. It's just their 
like, hey, three's happening. How can we make fun of the industry and mm-hmm. advertise at the same time? So it's great. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they did a great job. Um. Yeah. What else? I mean, really, it it, it, it felt like E three without the physical stage presence of something happening in uh, you know, in a convention center. I think the I think the hard part for me. No people walking the floor. Yeah. The I think the hardest part about an all digital event because even like as much as I enjoy like uh, Sony Play or uh, Nintendo Direct type thing, when there's no crowd to cheer stuff like that there's a level of excitement that's just gone true so i also think it kind of sucks that even if you don't get to walk the floor and play the games (coughs) people who go there to do that um didn't get to do that either yeah and so they're not intermingling with people it's all these weird like zoom meetings they got to do and Mm -hmm. that's all pre-rehearsed down here yeah 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 and so it kind of dilutes the energy that's Mm -hmm. possible um, you also get less like independent uh, gameplay videos of like different companies that got to go private, you know, back in the private room and play a game and show it. Yeah. Um, there are some stuff like that, but they had to do it, you know, digitally. And um, it just seems like I saw significantly less of that. Because um, I did. I mean, even listening to people, they didn't play much games, the C3. So it's a lot harder to make. Uh secure playable version that you let people play at their homes so yeah for sure so yeah overall i mean they they tried i think they got they they allowed um an event that had the presentations uh that could either go good or bad and um that happened um but overall there was something missing that the energy was was not as good as it could have been agreed so yeah. Anything else? No. All right. Let's get into our categories. Um, I sent you a list of categories I would like to talk about. Obviously, do it how you want. There is no system to this, really. Um, just so you guys know the categories I had created. Um, and feel free to, to, in the comments, let us know your thoughts on these categories as well. Uh, I got Biggest Banger, which is essentially... It doesn't even have to be a game, even though it would be kind of weird if it wasn't. Maybe you're just like... I love that, uh, you know, Back for Blood was the only thing that Warner Bros. showed. That's my biggest banger of E3. Uh, you guys, I saw Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer's the biggest banger of E3. I love knowing that guy's alive. Um, <laughs> that could be, you know, just the biggest in-show thing that you saw. And then I got Biggest Disappointment, something that uh, doesn't even have to be like, it could be like, I fucking hate this. Or you'd be like, ah, it could have been so much better. You know, just disappointment. Then we got Best Surprise. This can be anything. Something that, like, surprised you legitimately. You had no idea it was coming. Or it kind of surprised you, but you're like, that's fucking dope looking. Like, you know, just the best surprise. And then we got Worst Surprise. That can be anything that you really weren't expecting. And it wasn't good. It could have been better. Um, best presentation. We're, of course, going to talk about that. And I want to be clear about this. We graded each presentation. Me and Chevy, particularly, who are the people who did all the streams. Uh, anyway, so it's, we're here. We're going to talk about what, what we have already kind of talked about. We gave them all grades. Our grades um, you know, kind of cover 
the games that are shown, the energy, the presentation itself, the people who t- talked, everything. It's uh, how much did it pass? How good was it? That doesn't necessarily mean it was our favorite. It might be, but it doesn't necessarily mean that if I gave this one an A and that one an A minus and I picked the A minus as my favorite presentation, it might sound kind of illogical to say, well, why would that be your favorite? Well, maybe that that had one game in it that I'm the most excited for and it was almost just as good as the other presentation but I didn't have the big bangers in it. That's my favorite one. Um, so hopefully that makes sense. And then, of course, worst presentation, which we will save for the end. And then we will read your guys' comments pertaining to E3. So we're going to start with the biggest, biggest banger. I'll go first to set the pace. And I have shout-outs for every single um, category. So I'm going to be speaking about two things. My shout-out to biggest banger, the thing I almost wanted to pick for my biggest banger. And this is so biased. I get it. Like a lot of people are going to be like, that's your biggest banger? Yes. I like when I think of my excitement for something during E3, Stalker 2. Seeing gameplay of Stalker 2 was so fucking exciting for me. It was crazy. Um, I love Stalker. It's one of my favorite first person shooters. I love the world, the atmosphere, everything about it. It's a fun game. It's dark. It's creepy. Um, and that not only are we getting a Stalker 2, but it's being made by the same fucking people that made the first one. It has that authentic, everyone speaks Russian. Uh, vibe to it that chernobyl creeping around look for stuff vibe to it that they nailed in the first game so excited and but this one's better looking by miles it's yeah. one of the best looking games i saw during e3 graphically yeah it was pretty impressive it wasn't forza horizon forza horizon 5 but it was fucking well, what was one of the <laughs> one of the best looking games of e3 easily um but also the voice acting now is like really good yeah even we don't speak russian uh, you could tell the the way he was talking seemed like a real person. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, ooh, chicky bricky. Like fucking, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't dorky shit. So anyway, uh, that's my uh, shout out to Stalker Two, um, my runner up. But my biggest banger is of course Elden Ring. It is the game of E3 in my opinion. Uh, it is the game that before E3 everybody was like, Elden Ring, dude, Elden Ring, Elden Ring is gonna be there. It's gonna be there. I kept telling people. I don't know, man. Like, don't get too fucking excited. It might not be shown. It might not be shown. But they're like, do you think it's going to get shown? I'm like, it's possible. Like, I saw the leaked trailer. There's a game made. Um, and they showed it. And it did not disappoint. It's a gorgeous-looking game. The trailer's great. The music's fucking awesome. The gameplay looks sick. It looks like this kind of mix of all the worlds that they've created so far when it comes to the gameplay, the world design. We got info we talked about when it came to... Um, uh, how the world's going to work, how the multiplayer's going to work, how the combat's going to work. Um, and it, it's just, even though, you know, um, as soon as it started, I was just like already in it. Like just, I've watched that trailer so many times now just to get like, the. I'm chasing the excitement I got the first time I watched it because I saw it and I was like, dude, this game's going to be, like I know it's going to be fucking good. It's going to be so fucking good. But every single time I just kept watching over and over again, catching new things. There's so much to that trailer. Um, it was definitely my game of E3. There's definitely a lot of other games too I would put up there, but um, come on, it's fuck. It's the biggest thing they showed. It had the biggest hype, the biggest energy. Everyone's excited for the most part. Um, even though all these people are like, it's just Dark Souls, and people are like, oh, and like <laughs> that's fine. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely my biggest banger. I think it'd be hard for me to even try and contest that personally to myself, um, just because we got confirmation. This game is coming, and it looks fucking awesome. Did not disappoint. Yeah. 
Um, so I didn't actually put down any uh, side said mentions or secondary okay. mentions or whatever, but um, I can kind of wing those pretty easily. I think. Sure. Um, I think as far as like, you know, the, the what was the biggest moment for me uh, outside of uh, my top spot is I'm actually gonna go with uh, Battlefield 2042. I almost put that. I uh, I honestly was not even remotely uh, in the mindset to care about a Battlefield again. Um, the last couple, though, I enjoyed one. Um, <clears throat> I kind of Battlefield hasn't really felt like, I guess, Battlefield for a while. Um, yeah. And then between that and some really awful PR over the years, um, I just kind of lost interest. And then when they showed off that trailer, and then we actually got some in-game stuff as well, um, it really kind of feels like a return to form. And that's exciting. And the huge maps and the, the 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 crazy dynamic weather and stuff like that. It just it looks like Battlefield, and uh, I'm excited for it. So it was a much much better trailer. The gameplay. Yeah, the only complaint I have is music mixing was garbage in the original trailer. Yeah. Then the gameplay one I think was fucking dope. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean that's my opinion, but I'm just saying like they're no, I agree. The, the music Basically, was trash in one of them. Basically. They added commercial music into the into the trailer, and I hate when anyone does that. Period. There's so many people online getting like so many views, so showing people are looking for this, taking like the theme from Battlefield Four, Battlefield Three, uh, even Battlefield One, and putting it over the trailer that they showed. So they don't get dinged. No, oh. to show that that trailer should have had better music. Yeah, and everyone loved it more because the music they've done in prior games has been way better than where the fuck that song was. Only when the mixing was happening, because there was moments where it had the battlefield sounds going on. I, I don't know; it was Kinda. really confusing. It was awful. Um, but outside of that, like visually, um, both not only getting the the, the conceptual like uh, field just like advertised to you without like any hidden, like it, it just you you look you saw and you like this is what I'm going to get type of deal. Yeah. It's what it feels like. At least could still be wrong. I don't want to get too hyped on it. Sure. Um, and then even like paying, you know, head nod to that guy who pulled off that, that crazy video that went viral. Um, that was just a cool moment too. They actually like uh, acknowledging their community. Um, you know, it's not something they really had to do. So yeah. I liked it. Um, and then as far as like my top game, and even though I'm just, ne- I'm probably never going to play it. I'm also going to agree with Elden Ring. That game on every level just looks amazing. Um, it's it's mind blowing to me that the level of creativity and just like just pure fantasy that comes out of that studio. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, need more minds like that in the in the industry. So yeah, from from software's always been very creative um, and everything that they've done, but uh, they manage to make all their games that are akin to like Dark Souls similar but like different. And they do a lot of, um, uh, you know, similar themed monsters, but they're all very different. And, like, how many attack patterns can you create? And they keep doing it. Like, they keep just making crazy and crazy shit. Um, It's really impressive. And they they haven't really failed at it yet. I mean, some people couldn't play Sekiro, but um still great game yeah I and mean, one game of the year that year somehow well it's also super impressive too that they take this game that just has like 
crazy like hitboxes essentially um, and just give it these like really well done animations and larger than life scenarios um, I mean you really do just kind of feel larger than life when you take down something that big and um, especially when it can very easily just destroy you if you're not paying attention so yeah um, I, I do think all the praise that that company gets it's not overdone they they create things no one else makes well and not everybody is part of that hype either it's not like um if you're a fan of from software or the games they make like that's not everyone's not like i don't want to say welcome to that uh yeah. but it's not for everybody well i don't play them yeah exactly. right so like but i still think it's so crazy it's to say like overhyped yeah it's crazy impressive though yeah for sure um, so yeah, I'm. I always look forward to to seeing what what comes out of that studio, even if I'm going to play it or not. So yeah, definitely agreed. So yeah, uh, Elden Ring was uh, according to both of us, and I think a lot of people, uh, biggest banger of E3. Yeah, um, it was kind of an event when that happened. Do you have yours in order the same way as mine? Whatever way you sent me the. Okay, so do you want to start biggest disappointment? Sure. Um. So my biggest disappointment, and it's only because I actually had some expectation, which I guess was my mistake, um, was the entire Bandai Namco thing. Uh, they have so many games around oh, the corner. Oh, yeah. So Bandai many games Namco. around the corner. And they showed... They showed that horror game. Oh, yeah. Dude, what the fuck was up with that? They showed one game. There's, it's I not even like about that. what they're known for. Yeah. So I was super bummed out. They have so many like games that I'm actually like trying to keep an eye on right now. I'm gonna pick, show any. I'm gonna pick that game up, and that's the least interested game I'm in when it, or into when it comes to Ben and Namco. I was so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, so weird. That's one of those examples of like, what the fuck were you guys doing? Yeah, I like Ben and Namco, and it's like, what the hell is this? Tales of Arise coming out. You got that MMO coming out. You got um, Scarlet Nexus around the corner. Yeah. Not even an advertisement. Nothing. It's like Capcom did some weird shit too, and some fucking, of course, Gearbox and. Yeah, but at least Capcom showed some stuff, yeah. right? Uh, wasn't necessarily what everyone wanted to see, but like they still they still had a presentation of stuff that they make, right? Bandai Namco literally didn't show anything. They had some people talk about a game that they'd already shown off twice. <laughs> so. Yeah. So fucking weird. It, yeah, it was it was bizarre, and I was super bummed out because uh, I was actually looking forward to seeing some new stuff uh, coming out of them because they've been kind of on a roll lately. So, yeah. Anything else? Mm. Not really, because I didn't have expectations a lot yeah. through most of the. Um, Square was a little disappointing, but I also realistically didn't expect a whole lot either because true. Um, they tend to. To either say something way too early or right before it comes out. So yeah. Uh, so I'm just gonna throw out there the unless you have anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes without saying one of my biggest disappointments um, is that some presentations really fucking lacked. <laughs> I don't want to focus on that though. So that's not gonna be my biggest disappointment. That because there was really good presentations too. I'm not gonna focus on it. Um, but it was a disappointment for sure. And there, there's that questionable shit. Like you got all these games, you fucking showed one thing. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, and that fucking game, why? 
I'm going to buy that game anyway. Anyone's going to buy that game where they decide they're going to buy that game before they ever saw it. There's like, oh, I'm just going to fucking buy that game. Um, no one saw that trailer and went, I never thought about this game, but I'm going to buy it. Um, so anyway, my runner up to biggest disappointment and take it with a grain of salt. Uh, Switch Pro. I did not, I wasn't all in. I didn't just assume they were going to show it, but there was a lot of stuff building up to E3, uh, like leaks and stuff like that that uh, really got pushed to uh, make it sound like not only would there be an announcement after E3, but there would be one right before it. This is not a disappointment on going going towards like Nintendo in the sense of going like, um, oh, God, why didn't you fucking show it, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, ah, that would have been cool. Yeah. That's the disappointment. You know, like, it's it's, it's whatever. Like, why the, Switch has been selling well. That, that's funny, too. All the motherfuckers, all the big publications, they were like, there's rumors that a Switch Pro is going to come out before E3. And then after E3, they're like, oh, of course there's not a Switch Pro. The Switch is selling just fine. It's like, go fuck yourself. Um, but they're right. They're right. And they know they are. And they're just playing both sides because they're trying to get fucking people to click on their shit. Right. Switch, is, Switch had a fucking banger ass year in 2020. They don't need to make a new console. But do I want one? Yes. I would love a new Switch uh, console, whether it's an upgraded uh, version of the Switch as like a Switch Pro or whatever, or just a brand new console to bring it into the next generation of, of Nintendo. I sincerely hope they keep the architecture and just up the, the hardware. Me too. Yeah. Me too. That's what I want because I think the Switch is fucking. I just improved the Switch. Mm. You guys nailed it. You fucking made one of the perfect consoles. Yeah, let just me keep up, playing those games. Just up the power. But give yourself the ability to have better games. And don't yeah. take any features away, yeah. but add features. Like. You would have me so excited. So anyway, that's a minor big disappointment of E3. Uh, one of my biggest disappointments is, is a weird one. It's not uh, out of anger either. Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. I wanted to see Final Fantasy 16, and they didn't promise it to me. I didn't go in going, we're going to see you guys. Uh, that's not me. You guys know me. That's not me. Um, but holy shit, when Square Enix's uh, presentation was over, and they had some cool games they showed. They also had some ones that I... Couldn't give a fuck about less. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, typical Square Enix. The mobile shit, you're never going to get me with that. But um, we saw a pretty good chunk of Final Fantasy 16 when they revealed it. The announcement, yeah. Yeah, more than I thought. It was more than a teaser. And so I'm sitting here going like, man, maybe we'll see like gameplay. Like even like two minutes, one minute of gameplay. That'd be sick. They didn't fucking mention the game. Yeah. It's like they're like, psych. You guys talked about uh, Final Fantasy 16 last time. Where's that at? No, we didn't. Yeah, you, yeah, you did. No, that's not. I don't even know if that's a game, dude. I almost feel like they're You're talking about versus, dude. That's old school. That's not a thing anymore. I almost feel like because the production studio that's in charge of that also makes 14. And with mm-hmm. the expansion on the corner, I think they're probably sure. all, Put all in. Put all the energy on yeah. that. Yeah. No, that makes sense. It's just mention it. Be like, hey, just have a guy sitting in a dark room and going like, hey. We got stuff to show you at some point. We're very excited for you guys to see Final Fantasy 16. We're hard at work on it. Yeah. And it's going to be awesome. Just fucking, you know, give us something. Mm. Show us some concept art real quick. I mean, I'm, I'm not picky, but nothing, dude. And it was like, you know, after after playing, uh, you know, most Final Fantasies and being a fan of them and playing 15 and enjoying it, I'm ready for the next mainline Final Fantasy. And um didn't get anything for it so that's probably my biggest disappointment and again not biggest disappointment in the sense of like you guys fucked up but more so like i hide myself up hoping to see that didn't get to see it so whatever that's my own fault that's why you don't uh 
set expectations that uh, you don't have reason to believe in and you definitely don't get pissed when it doesn't happen because that's your own goddamn fault. Yeah. So yeah, biggest disappointment. There's there's quite a bit of disappointments though with the C3, but um, those are the ones that really I was like, would have been cool to see those. Yeah. Would have been cool. Um, next one we will move into is best surprise. I'll go first. Okay. So my shout outs are two things. First one is Trek Tiomi. Uh, which you guys saw a couple of minutes ago uh, in this reel. Um, I'm going to agree with that one. Trek to Yummy was a really cool surprise. Um, it's a, for anyone who maybe didn't get to see it, it's a like black and white Kurosawa-esque looking. Kurosawa-esque is kind of weird to say. Um, <laughs> I've never said it in my life. Uh, Kurosawa-esque uh, um, game that you know looks black and white, has the old-timey film look to it. Um, speak of the devil uh and it's it's a samurai game it's a side-scrolling game and not only had i never heard of it i saw it and instantly was into it i mean we're big fans of fucking japanese stuff in general here but also like samurai stuff uh ninja stuff in some ways uh easy sell especially samurai shit like you show me a katana and some fucking samurai armor shit i'm into it and um after playing Ghost of Tsushima, seeing a game like that, I'm like, dude, let's get more fucking Japanese-style games. Like, I'm, I'm so into it. So, huge, huge um, surprise and uh, one of the best surprises because I had no idea it existed. On top of that, if you're watching right now, my other shout-out is Replaced. And in my notes, it says Replaced looks sick because um, it does. If like if you're listening right now, Replaced is a uh, side-scrolling 2D uh, game, seemingly very story-centric, that is kind of using 3d graphics and also like very advanced pixel looking stuff it's beautiful um, and it's <laughs> a gorgeous looking game we don't have the music playing but the music in the trailer was fucking dope and it's got like choreography and shit going on with like the fight scenes and stuff this was like when i first saw it like as soon as it started i'm like what is that yeah. as like, it went further it's further yeah. i was like holy shit that looks like a, a devolver game almost except for just a little higher quality um yeah, those are my shout-outs, though. Uh, Replaced looks sick. Um, I'm very excited to see uh, where that game goes and, uh, and Trek to Yummy. So two side-scrolling games are some of my favorite two surprises. Indie two indie games. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of indie games I want to play, though. Because so. they're always the, the the most out there, the the ones that I don't expect. They get well, me excited. They're the ones going outside of the box. Yeah. So. They're, they're like the, the artiste games. Like People are really trying to trying to do something with these fucking games where it's like you know the triple a games they're gonna look great they're gonna play great hopefully it's pepsi and coke yeah yeah 100 <laughs> it's just the, yeah they got the secret sauce and it's gonna work yeah. but the the ones that are like you're taking the risk by trying them out and the people making them are taking the risk that, that shit excites me uh my best surprise though uh for e3 2021 though is battlefield 2042 also in my notes look sick um <laughs> big battlefield fan was hoping to see Battlefield 2042 and be excited about it, it exceeded my expectations. It looks fucking awesome. Uh, I can't wait to play it. Um, the setting looks like Battlefield 3 and 4, but slightly futuristic. I was a little worried about it, but seeing the gameplay, it looks fine. Yeah. Like uh, the scale's <laughs> insane. The amount of players. I mean, if you played modded servers on PC, it's nothing too crazy, but it's 128 people. Uh, news just came out that you probably like that um and people are so confused about this i don't get it um they have an ai that fills spots that no one's playing so if you play by yourself or with friends co-op 
you fill the whole server with AI. Weird. Yeah. Which makes sense because uh, for a while now, they've been talking about how EA had patented um, some AI technology to play they against you. They kind of that with uh, Titanfall 1. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll be able to play Battlefield 2042 by yourself with friends only on the same team or online. And if spots don't get filled, they'll get filled by AI. And a lot of people are like, well, they're not going to have problems getting these servers filled. I'm like, well, yeah, no shit. But also five years. Exactly. Exactly. Like the game, as long as the servers are up or if you have access to play this game without servers, if you're just playing by yourself with friends, it's a forever game. And and it's actually really smart. My biggest fucking question on it is how advanced is the AI? I'm curious about what they've done with the AI. Especially with the biggest maps. Is it, yeah. Do they, do they play the game good? Like if they do, that's awesome. Like you have so many options to play this game. And that shows also that when they didn't make that fucking campaign that I don't give a shit about, they had time to work on features like this. Yeah. That make it so like, hey, maybe you don't like online shooters. You don't have to play it online. You just play with fucking the bots or play with your friends. Do co-op. It's still level and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, rank up. I think it's great news and it doesn't affect people who don't want to play like that. There's a lot of people who are like really negative about everything but like can i can i just say right now that if a game's going if anything but we're talking about games if a game's going to release a feature that doesn't affect your ability to play and enjoy it why do you care i just think for the most part they don't understand but they (laughs) want to have like whatever they feel the first thing they say or think or feel they throw it out there and just fucking say something i always read it i'm like i'm like dude if i was like talking to you in real life like i wouldn't be a dick in real life on on the internet i might be but like uh, I'd stop and go like, but did you think about this though? Like, and by the end of that conversation, they'd be like, well, yeah, I mean, like I always said this, but you know, that makes sense. Like, you know, you can, you can rationalize these, these things. And if it sucks, it sucks, whatever, but we don't know. Exactly. But to instantly hear like conceptually, it's cool though to hear like, you know, maybe you have 120 some people on the server. One of those guys is going to be a bot now. And you're like, you know, either you're like, that's never going to happen, which it will eventually at some point it's going to happen. Uh, or, you know, it's like, well, why do you need that? Why the fuck it, not? It's going to intentionally happen yeah. day one because there are people who don't want to play with you. The biggest thing <laughs> that I think will ruin it is if the AI sucks. Sure. Because then you're not, or that's too good, which would make it suck. I think that would be almost worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So we don't know. I'm not saying it's going to be an amazing thing, but the prospect, what it can be, is cool. And I, I think more games will do it. Um, yeah, I, I always appreciate older games, you do this more often than newer games. Bot support. Yeah. It doesn't sound exciting for people who only want to play online, but you're probably hopping to the next game when it comes out the next year. But when you're playing a game like fucking, I don't know, Quake 3 back in the day or like, you know, something. Yeah, you're playing with like three friends, but you wanted to fill the room. You put bots in. Yeah. Yeah. And they play just fine. You can change the difficulty. So like you always add an element of danger. You could always just play with people. You have enough people to play with too. Like the option, the options are good. Yeah. It makes the game's longevity last longer. And when games have spikes like Battlefield 4 is happening right now, they had had just had to upgrade server capacity for Battlefield 4. After that advertisement? Because a bunch of people are playing it again. Um, I was like, I think I'm gonna download it because like I've, I feel forced fun. Tempting. Um, I think it was free on Amazon Prime too. Yeah, whatever the weird system it, is. But... Yeah, I don't have it on PC. I have it on PS4, but I would definitely buy it again. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm going off on a thing. Um, <laughs> Battlefield 2042 was my biggest and best surprise yeah. of of uh, of E3. And you might be thinking like, there's all these games you had no idea were coming out. Those didn't do anything for you. They all did pretty much. I love the surprises. But 
my hesitancy to allow myself to get excited for Battlefield, even though it was kind of hard to do that because I was starting to get kind of like, I haven't, I haven't been excited for Battlefield in a long time. They have an opportunity here, and they did it. And that's cool because it feels like a return for me as a fan of older Battlefield games. So for me, it might not be the best, uh, you know, answer, but uh, for me, it was the best surprise. I like that I got to be excited for Battlefield again. It was a surprise for me. I didn't expect it. So, yeah. So surprises, right? So the the two indie games you brought up, I completely agree with. Um, those were were. The, it's kind of the, the pleasant thing about indie games in general, though, is I'm, you're never really expecting them, so they're always surprises. <laughs> yeah. And they just have to be really good ones. Um, so then to give my runner-up, my runner-up is actually Battlefield as well because mm. it was my also my runner-up for, for biggest you know excitement or, or banger or whatever f- f- phrasing you want to use. Um, Best in show. Yeah. Um, in a proper way. And for a lot of the same reasons. I, I, I've already brought it up, but I, I kind of had fallen out and it very, very easily drew me back in. Now I just mm-hmm. got to hope the game isn't garbage because they're getting a second chance out of me. So, yeah. um, so I just hope it's really good. But for what they showed, I, it was it was a surprise, 100%, and a very good one. Yeah. Because um, I don't play a lot of shooters. And so the one I did play when they started ruining it, I was bummed. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was funny because, like, I was like, man, there's like a new Battlefield coming out and they're coming back to like something I think a lot of people are going to like. And if we cannot have some kind of controversy, just no speed bumps, they just release this game and it's good. That's great. And I was getting kind of excited. And I saw the trailer. I was like, I don't like the music, but like, you know, the themes look kind of cool. They did a good job with the cinematic or whatever. But when we saw that gameplay, dude, I was like, I, I was like, I want to play this right now. <laughs> like I'm ready for this game to come out. It comes out this year. So yeah, it was very cool. Yeah. Um, Having said, my my biggest surprise was uh, the moment the Forza trailer started. Um, I, I'm sure gameplay wise, it's gonna be Forza, but yeah. holy crap, the visuals are so amazing. Yeah, They're so good. Um, and I already liked the the Horizon series. I'm not like a mega fan or anything like that, but they're, they're fun, fun games. Yep. And. Uh, if I can just drive around and explore this beautiful world, that is just amazing and and it, it reminds me a lot of like uh the flight simulator game where it's a very beautiful game but that's not really my type of game versus like i can play forza <laughs> i tried to make it my type of game i got scared <laughs> i didn't like when i got off the ground i was like i don't know how to fly planes in real life <laughs> wait i don't know what i'm doing and i was just going west i was like we'll find I, out where i'm going i, mean, I felt that way i know i tried elite dangerous i was like uh-oh i don't know how to pilot yeah. <laughs> um God, yeah, that that trailer. I was literally at a loss for words when that trailer popped up. So from my perspective, I'm like, there's a few things I say I'm a fanboy on, but I own it. I'm a Kojima fanboy. Like, I love Kojima. I can't do wrong. Even when he does wrong, I'm like, whatever. Uh, Gran Turismo. I'm a fanboy in Gran Turismo. Like, I think Gran Turismo is better than Forza. Um, Always has been, always will be, blah, blah, blah. Even when Forza has better sound design for their vehicles. Um, all that shit. I'm like, ah, Gran Turismo sound design's fine. Because <laughs> the way the game plays is so much better. And people are like, graphics on this one's better, than this one's better. I always think Gran Turismo looks more realistic. Um, Forza Horizon is their arcade game. And I think it's their better game. I think the Forza series, their motorsport, it's fine. It's whatever. It's not Gran Turismo. It's not good enough. But Forza Horizon's really fucking good. 
That being said, just kind of displaying my blind fanboyness of Gran Turismo, graphics on Forza Horizon are undeniable. Yeah. I just like looked at I was like, whoa, they brought it. Yeah. <laughs> like that's they, wild. They made a gorgeous game. Like Yeah. It's gonna be tough for anybody to see, I'm not even like a graphics dude that much. And then Halo looks the way it looks and it's like, what yeah. the fuck's going on here? I enjoy a good looking game, but mm-hmm. usually I'm just like, Yeah, that I was expecting graphics to go yeah. to this point. And then I saw Forza I was like that was not expected. They're there. Yeah. We're going here while we're already there. I want to emphasize, too, I don't really got to yeah. say this for anybody who watches regularly, but, like, gameplay, of course, matters the most. 100%. But I am a fucking nerd when it comes to tech. And so, like, graphics excite me. And we're at a time where amazing graphics are pretty much everywhere. So if you can, like, you know, the the animations really is where you start kind of noticing yeah, where they might have lacked in modern quality because um, you make a game on unreal engine it's gonna look great oh, yeah. by default yeah it's um, the nuances that really elevate things so and every trailer and i and i do it all the time and i'm self-aware on it but like we'll react to stuff and one of the first things i always say is like it looks so good because i love graphics i see a game looks gorgeous i i just have to fucking say something about it we're also in an age of new graphic technology right now yep. so it so everything exciting. looks great if they're yeah. doing crazy shit yeah it's an exciting time for someone like me who's really into graphics and shit that being said forza horizon uh five um some of the best graphics i've ever seen in a game ever um when they were pausing and this is a lot of games you can pause the game once you see the animations it really gives it away but um if you if you freeze that game without motion uh it looks pretty fucking real um which is pretty crazy. And then in motion, you know, it loses some of that. It's the uncanny Valley thing, but fucking, uh, it looks phenomenal. The cars look great. The lighting on the cars, the reflections on the cars. Uh, that's that, uh, that's that HDR baby. Yeah. <laughs> or and, ray if it, tracing. and if it's using ray tracing, yeah. like it, it's really showing off there. And it's just, it's out of all the games, the two that stick out to me visually stalker two and Forza. I almost said Horza. Uh, horchata fucking forza horizon 5 there's also that other game that's kind of like that weird sci-fi game i cannot silent hill by hideo kojima called abandoned no no that the one with like weird like robots and stuff like that and uh oh um atomic heart yeah that game looks gorgeous that game's looked amazing since they first showed yeah. it but uh it's got this weird Bioshock zaniness to it, but it's Russian. I'm so excited for that game, too. Yeah. Like, I hope that game is awesome. I hope that game's just good. I don't want it to be bad. I'll be so upset if it's bad. Um, yeah, it's another visual but spectacle. Stalker, Stalker 2 and fucking Forza Horizon 5 really blew my mind. Yeah, they're good-looking games for sure. Yeah. So that was definitely my biggest surprise, though, because I... Yeah, sorry I kind of took over. No, no, I fine. fucking... I, I assume I we're getting a Forza every year. Because they alternate or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see what they do with I was not a, a, expecting such a jump. Though, yeah. So. And uh, like the year of the bow and the year of the boy seems like the year of the storm is coming <laughs> with games. So um, that's really interesting because a lot of games we saw had probably because you can do pr- pretty crazy particle effects nowadays, um, storm systems and shit. So. Well, also. Improved load times across the board. Yep. Um, seeing low shit in like that. Because SSDs are standard. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be great because loading uh, capabilities are going to make nuances in games more more uh, 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 able to be realized. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else? 
No. That, that, that was that was my, pretty much my, my big two. Um, the when you brought up the indie games, I was like, yeah, those those were good ones too because I wasn't yeah. expecting those at all. So. Yeah, it's always weird. I uh, I don't play a lot of indie games, but um, when I see one that really stands out, I get really excited about it, and I typically always play them. I always buy them. I don't play them on Game Pass, and if you do, it's cool. But I'm very big like advocate of like supporting shit you love, and um, especially smaller companies and stuff like that, smaller devs. If you can, definitely try and support those games. Um, going into War Surprise, I started last time, so we'll go to you. Um. To be honest, I don't have anything for this. No. Mm-mm. You were su- surprised at how uh, how bad Gearbox was. No, why I had be? zero no expectations, expectations yeah. of Gearbox. They don't make anything for me, so maybe I can. If you don't have anything, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, maybe I can jar something for you though. Okay. So, um, one of my worst surprises, and this is something that surprised me that I'm not happy with necessarily. And this can change. This doesn't mean I'm like I'm not locked into shit. You're talking to the wrong guy if you think that. Um, my shout out is the Avatar game. Um, here I'm gonna say something. It's, it might upset some people and also might make some closeted people excited. I actually enjoy the Avatar movie. Hmm. Um, I know a lot of people fucking hate it. They're like, it's been done. Story, everything. Almost everything has been. Um, Such a a bad reasoning. Yeah, whatever. There's so many movies that have similar stuff to it. They're fun movies. And the 3D at the time was fucking amazing. I don't think anyone's outdone it really. But anyway, um, so I'm not, uh, I hate Avatar guy. Um, Am I clamoring to play an Avatar game? Not really. I feel like I played it when I was in it, in the 3D. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That being said, uh, this is being made by the people who make The Division, which is interesting. Honestly, I've been making jokes for a while that it's literally going to be the division only on um, Pandora. Thank you. I was going to say AWA, but that's the the, the God thing. Um, the Earth or some shit. The reason it's uh, is one of the worst surprises is like um, not only did I not, I mean, I, I I knew that some kind of Avatar game was being worked on, but what we saw didn't do anything for me at all, and looked so underdeveloped and for anybody who already doesn't like avatar and doesn't think we need an avatar game this didn't do anything for them this didn't sway them this didn't do shit they should have waited till they had gameplay and if the gameplay sucks then they have a problem already but um i don't know if they know i mean avatar fucking is the most viewed movie it took the spot back because it re-released um i think in china or some shit like that but uh I think they're looking at that number going like, everybody loves Avatar. It's like, have you been on the fucking internet? Avatar comes up, people fucking hate Avatar. Um, it's crazy. People fucking hate it. So it's like, it's... In all fairness, you go on Twitter and mention anything. No, but Avatar's really... People hate what you say, so... Even <laughs> outside of Twitter, like, fucking... And I'm a movie fucking nerd. But other fucking fellow movie nerds uh, fucking hate Avatar. They hate it. And it's like, it's James Cameron, dude. James Cameron's fucking so good at action. Anyway, I digress. This trailer and this reveal did nothing for nobody. Um, and uh was not expecting it when it was revealed. I literally was like, in my brain, like, oh, no. Oh, no. And uh, they didn't show anything exciting. And the graphics don't look that great. It was just kind of a dud, it felt like. And then, like I said, it's coming from a guy who doesn't hate Avatar. So, um that's my shout out. On a similar note, 
the exact same thing happened to something I feel confused about. A game was revealed and I still feel confused about it. I don't, that's not a thing I normally feel when it comes to game reveals. I'm rather like, eh, it wasn't that great, could have been better, blah, blah, blah. This game was shown though, and I was like, I don't fucking know. Like, I, I'm probably gonna play it. Uh, the game's Redfall. Um, oh, it is, yeah. it seems to be a four player co op hero, not shooter, like, uh, I almost said Avatar, Overwatch. Um, but, uh, it just seems like you're gonna be running around shooting. It's, it looks like Left 4 Dead with powers, but you're fighting vampires. The trailer tonally was fucking all over the place. Anything that looked slightly cool was fucking eclipsed by shit that was weird looking. Some of the magic spells looked cool, but then the character models fucking seemed like it's something out of Fortnite. Um, and it was like one of the last things, if not the last thing, they showed off. Like it's the big reveal. I think it was the Xbox event. Mm-hmm. Showed Forza Horizon Five. Looks amazing. And then they end it with a game they didn't have gameplay for. Just this weird cinematic. And like I know somebody out there probably was very excited to see that trailer. But everyone I've talked to didn't do anything for anybody. Um, so it was a surprise, and in my opinion, the worst surprise because like they didn't they didn't do much to really um sell this game to anyone in my opinion in my opinion i know if you're watching this and you're excited for this game i'm not speaking for you and i'm not trying to i ain't trying to change your mind that's your fucking opinion um but in my own personal experience i don't know anybody who's excited for it um and the thing that's weird though is if i if 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 i'm correct on what this game is if it's just like a four-player co-op shooter with vampires i'm probably gonna play it I'm not, but yeah. Because I like games <laughs> like that. And if they do cool stuff with it, I'll enjoy it. It's being made by Arcane. Arcane's proven in what they do. Um, but holy shit, it was so tonally everywhere. And they didn't offer anything that I was like needing to play. So, yeah. That's my worst surprise. It was, it was a big surprise. And as I was watching, I was hoping something was going to happen in that fucking trailer that would get me like, oh, okay, this is it. That's what they're selling this game on. Never happened. By the time it was over and showed Redfall in, in the in the fucking text, I was just like, let's hope the gameplay's cool, because I don't know what the hell you're trying to sell me here. <laughs> well, I do think I know what you're trying to sell me, but you didn't sell it that well. So that's my that's my worst surprise, honestly. Um, yeah. So anything else you want to say? All right, moving forward, I will go first. And this is best presentation. Um which is pretty much any presentation that was that was shown during this time period, during this week. Uh, my first shout-out goes to Summer Game Fest. Um, I think Jeff Keighley uh, is really good at um, honing his craft. He's passionate. He's one of the last dudes in the business that I have a lot of respect for in what he does. Um, and every time he does these events, they always get better. Um, they're a little janky, but they're not bad. Um, he seems to genuinely care. So, oh, he's so into it and yeah. he devotes so much of himself to these things. Um, Summer Game Fest uh, was a lot more streamlined than the last one. Um, it was a good presentation. Um, it didn't waste a lot of time on dumb shit. It had a lot of stuff to show. It showed Elden Ring. Um, Jeff Keighley's likable. They had the music segments that don't do anything for me at all, like Weezer or the fuck. That was, that was Summer Game Fest. And the Fest, celebrities. Right? Yeah. Which is the weaker elements to it, for sure. I don't give a fuck about celebrities. But um, but they, they had great stuff to show. Uh, he brought it. I think he had one of the, the best presentations of anybody 
Um, and I mean, he pretty much said he was gonna. He's like, I'm really excited. You guys should be excited. This is gonna be awesome. And it was. So nailed it. Definitely deserves a shout out. But the best presentation, in my opinion, was Xbox. Not a surprise for me. Um, I think Xbox um, always really brings it when they do their presentations. If there's one thing Xbox is comfortable in when it comes to advertising, it's big, expensive presentations. Um, Phil Spencer is a super likable dude in gaming. Whether you like Xbox, PlayStation, the dude's a cool dude. Always good to see him. Um, he comes off as just like a normal fucking gamer nerd type guy. Um the presentation was streamlined and have a lot of segments where you had to listen to people talk about dumb shit you don't care about. Had a lot of games to show. They showed off a lot of shit. Even though everything they're showing comes out next year, almost everything Xbox showed off is coming out in 2022. Um, we finally got a look at a lot of stuff. Um, and a small, small glimmer of hope for Halo. So, I mean, if it plays like Halo, I'm going to enjoy it. But if, graphically, it's not doing much for me. But um, No, but seeing the multiplayer part was... What, was it's going to be free, though, which is so weird. It, it is. Well, like I said, it's a small glimmer of hope, but the multiplayer looked pretty faithful. So kind of kind of keep an eye on that now because Halo multiplayer is just fun. So Yeah. And most people know our opinions because we're pretty much on the same page when it comes to Bethesda. Um, them being... Um, assimilated into xbox did them a favor presentation wise this is the most uh tolerable tolerable and digestible (laughs) bethesda's ever been when it comes to doing a presentation they literally let fucking todd howard out of his cage he came out he rattled off some stuff about starfield got the fuck out of there he didn't have to do the rest of the thing awkwardly we saw just starfield real quick um it wasn't the best uh video for it but uh straight to the point you got a gist of what it's going to be like, and they move the fuck on. And then anytime they had more Bethesda stuff, it was just intermingled with more Xbox stuff. That's the way it should have always been. So, uh, you know, welcome, welcome to the family, Bethesda. You're fucking better suited being owned by Xbox than you were on your own when it comes to Oof. the way you present shit. Um, hopefully, uh, Xbox's guidance uh, can help Bethesda maybe come back for me personally and a growing number of people I know. Um, cause more and more over the years, people have kind of hopped off the Bethesda train, um, big hopes for, uh, Starfield and, um, can only be abused for so long, man. Elder Scrolls. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Um, but yeah, Xbox's presentation was great. I knew it was going to be good. They really brought it. They had some big games that looked really good. Um, you know, lack of actual exclusives but still like a lot of games that um you're gonna be able to play day one on game pass which is kind of crazy um actually really crazy i looked at a list of all the games they showed it's almost every game they showed it's gonna be day one on game pass they're really fucking coming in rough with that shit um really it's great value so it's insane it's fucking insane i'm gonna be buying all those games but like um I mean, some of them maybe I'll play on Game Pass so I can save some, maybe the ones I'm kind of iffy on. Um, but for anybody who's just like using Game Pass regularly or planning on it, you got a lot of games to look forward to day one. You don't know how long they're going to be on Game Pass, but you're going to be able to play when they come out. You'll be able to have an opinion on all these fucking games when they come out. So very cool. And all the like the high-profile games I'm talking about, most of them are on Game Pass day one. So that's mm-hmm. really crazy. Um, 
but yeah, Xbox came out. They showed the games people want to see. They surprised people with stuff. Uh, they offered you great value, and they didn't preach to you, and they didn't fucking uh, tell you about how they're humans too, and fucking they think people should treat people good. Which yeah, so do all Allow of us. Allow me to discuss the ethics of our business. Yeah, it's like no one gives a fuck. We all we all think murder's bad. Get to the games. Um, so yeah, Xbox knocked out of the park. No big surprise. Um, shout out, shout out, shout out. Devolver's. Uh, presentation their show their Their show their episode in the saga uh was a lot of fun and it was really cool that we had some people on the stream with us who have not seen devolvers um things before because there's people going like what's going on might i recommend watching the uh, it is a series yeah (laughs) yeah there's canon like go go back and watch the episodes but uh it, it was fun seeing people's reactions to like not knowing this was a thing um, yeah, starting off is like huge question marks of going like, eh, I kind of like this. It, it, it's fun. Like, yeah. yeah and they put so, a lot of work and yeah. writing and everything into them. Like it's, and they get people who like perform really well, these ridiculous scenarios. So that's, uh, another shout out, but yeah, I, I think Xbox just barely did better than summer game fest. So yeah, across the board, there was no Weezer for Xbox. So thank you. Um, that was appreciated for sure. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen too because the the advertising departments uh, don't have the same mindset necessarily as developers, uh, and they're just trying to sell a game. And you know, what sells a game is commercial music. Yeah. So uh, if you yeah. can get them to stop making trailers, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> that'd like be start, ma- start making your own fucking music. Yeah. Or you know, royalty free, or make a deal with people. Yeah, exactly. So make- we don't get fucked. Make it a little more friendly to your community. Um, you're getting so much free advertising; it's insane. Oh yeah. Um, so that being said, uh, my my top, we'll go to uh, my shout out. It's going to be Nintendo. Uh, it was more of what I yeah. expect from them, but they do it well. It's uh, clean, dude. They come in quick and, quick and dirty. Talk, but it's no fluff it talk. So and <laughs> it's uh, the only the only complaint I had about it is they spent a little too much time. Um, in the beginning on, uh, the smash stuff. And I know there's an audience for that, but I do, it did feel a little long. So people love smash. Sure. But how dare you, you know, they had so much other stuff and it did feel like they were kind of in a rush to fit the rest of it in there. So it's so funny how expected a new character in smash, which is awesome. Especially if you're a smash fan, it's like, you always get new characters, but Every time there is a Nintendo Direct, people are like, wonder what character, like, they, they instantly start speculating what Smash character is going to yeah, be revealed. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a regular thing now, and I think it's kind of, even though I don't play Smash a whole lot, um, I think it's kind of cool to have that known expectation of, like, we're getting something. Yeah. Well, and the Nintendo one's also fun for me, too, because I actually don't play a lot of first-party Nintendo games. Um, yeah. I appreciate them, but a lot of them just aren't really necessarily like for me. Um, I'm a huge Pokemon fan, though, so that's an easy one. <laughs> but uh, it's still an enjoyable show, and I never feel like they, they drag on too long on any particular thing most of the time. Like I said, I do feel like the beginning was a little long, and I think the rest of the show kind of suffered for it because um, I don't feel like they spent enough time on certain st- on other things as well. Yeah. Um, and then the other... You know, company I'm gonna throw out there with the best uh, presentation or performance or whatever you want to say uh, is all, for me is also Xbox. I, uh, 
but I think I at this point I think we say that pretty much every year, and that just shows that. Um, and I don't even really play a lot of Xbox games, I man. I know um, a lot of people would assume we're probably Sony fanboys. <clears throat> there's there's going to be some extent of truth you, to that. More so, you play most almost everything you play is on PC, yeah. and I'm on my PC most of the time too. But if I'm playing console, I'm yeah. playing my PS5. Yeah, though I have played my Switch a lot lately. Yeah, but uh, that being said. Microsoft knows how to put on a, a conference. They literally they have the right amount of, of talking. They have the right amount of, of game stuff going on. And they cover a lot of bases. I think honestly think their only weak point, um, and on a personal level, is they don't have a lot of necessarily like uh, like JRPGs. But that's really not their bread and butter either. But this year they did show some and JRPGs. They did show some, yeah. yeah. They're really good about trying to. Don't get me wrong. They try. And they usually they know the demographic though. Yeah, for sure. And and that's again, that's more on a personal level. But that does go into my like they have a good balance of, of titles they show off. Yeah. They show off something for everybody, uh, for most most part. Um I think Nintendo is definitely for everybody, but I think some people also take that as um kids only, which I think is kind of a weird way to look at that, but Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, and overall, I mean, even when it wasn't something I wanted to play, like, like you know, I'm not going to play Flight Sim to bring that back up again. Seeing it and seeing what they're adding to it is cool because it is a very neat game, and I'm glad something like that still exists because, honestly, I can't imagine the demand's that high. No, there's all new demand because they made the game. These yeah. people who would never have, like, would have never played a game like that or didn't play games like that but in the yeah. past, whether they're young or they've never played games like that, um, who are into it now. So, I mean, like, there's a whole new generation of people who are enjoying that game because Microsoft took the chance of making something they used to make. Well, and then completely going crazy tech-wise with it. Like, that. Yeah. how many games have that kind of, like, cloud-based backup happening with it and, well, like, satellite imaging and stuff? Yeah, that so. and, like, well, the tech definitely is its own thing. But um, the idea of them bringing, like, a flight simulator is, is kind of crazy, but also, like, Age of Empires. Yeah, bringing that back too. Yeah. RTSs are, for the most part, dead. Yeah, um, which I hate to say because I enjoy them. There's indie developers out there that make them, but yeah. you know they're not they're not mainstream. Uh, so yeah, seeing Age Empires being made, will it be good? Hopefully, but seeing it being yeah. made is yeah, is is a is a ray of hope in that regard too. Um, the only other company <laughs> I know of that really kind of makes RTSs gave that up for an MMO. So yeah. Um, and then the other RTS they had, they kind of stopped supporting. But I'm not going to try to bash on them too much this episode. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, yeah, overall, it, it, they just put on a great show, and I'm never bored. And it's always, like, a fun spectacle. Their stage always looks cool. And mm-hmm. it, that might sound weird to some of you, but, like, that's part of the show, right? Yeah. If we were just talking about, like, we already brought up what stuff, like, game-wise was most exciting. Um, but we're talking about, like, a presentation, right? And that's... I think they just bring the whole package every year. Every year they just bring the whole thing. So it's a good presentation when I don't go to check my phone, yeah. but it's an even better one when I'm when the presentation's over and I didn't even it doesn't even feel like the time passed. Yeah, um, that's that's the best. When I go, oh, this is thirty minutes, and then you go through and it's like it feels like two minutes. You're like, oh shit, it's already over because yeah. you're so into it. And the Xbox presentation, for the most part felt like that i never felt bored even on stuff i wasn't that interested in um i definitely was enjoying myself watching it mm. yeah agreed so um and again 
not everything there was for me. And I can still say that because, you know, not, it doesn't have to always be for me. Right. I can still appreciate that they're taking these, these random risks, like making a flight sim game, making uh, an RTS again, uh, making one of the craziest looking racing games I've seen. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Microsoft's willing to do it and someone needs to be, and it's good. So for sure. Yeah. Like you said earlier, we, we pretty much every year, just praise Xbox's fucking presentations. It's nothing new at this point. So yeah. it's it's really funny because like, yeah, the, the the very few times of it, anyone like call me like a Sony pony or the fuck. I'm like, dude, I give Microsoft a lot of praise. Um, yeah, they have a lot of good things. It's just yeah. the one thing, you know, that everyone. It's it's they're just not aggress- beating a dead horse. At they're this not point, aggressively but. trying to lock me into a console. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Other than that. They have the best value for your money when it comes to uh, playing games. Sure, sure. So it's different things. Uh, so. You know, I, and not to make this that conversation, but like yeah. when it comes down to it, um, in my position, you know, and and yours, but I'm not yeah. going to speak for you. Um, I can play everything that they offer on my PC, so why wouldn't I? Why would I buy another piece of hardware, right? Um, I still have access to the games, which is great, and and I, I I don't have an issue with that. The the conversation obviously though comes. It is a little disappointing when you don't get to buy that that new toy. Um, oh, I, like I said, I love tech, dude. I I almost bought an Xbox just to own it, but I did that last gen, and it sits. Same with mine. Yeah. So um, I had to convince myself. To not do the Seth thing and just buy the new shiny thing. Yeah. Because I can play all the new shiny games on my old shiny PC. Yeah. So that has all the same tech in it. But so. we don't gotta talk about this dead horse. We don't gotta kick it. Yeah. So. I mean, but the whole point is getting excited for a Microsoft conference is yeah. still still there though. It, yeah, it's the, nice with what we just described. Yeah. We can still fucking be excited for Xbox and know they're gonna fucking bring it. And enjoy it. Because yeah. at the end of the day, these are games we're going to get to play. I'm going to get to play Forza. Yeah. And it's yeah. going to look beautiful. Yep. Uh, my fans are going to probably go crazy. <laughs> but it'll be beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's the thing I'm worried about. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, is my computer going to be happy playing that game? It'll get a little warm. Hopefully so. it's optimized well. Oh, I'm sure it will be. So, Yeah. Yeah, I don't have issues like that very often. No. For that's the, the beauty of buying a first party game though. Yeah. Most of the time is that they, they play. Yep. So anything else? Nope. Uh, I think, think everything you mentioned, I would also just say is honorable mentions. Um, just because they, they were the other good shows. Everything else that we didn't mention was, uh, in my opinion, uh, at the like bare minimum or lower. Yeah. I was going to give some shouts to other ones, but I want to reveal, um, what my obvious least favorite presentations are, which we're going to go into next. Okay. So, but yeah, shout outs to like, you know, the decent presentations out there that weren't like the biggest bangers, but weren't bad either. Um, some people had some in between presentations that, uh, that had some ups and downs, but they weren't, I didn't leave it going like, well, what the fuck was that? So maybe you should have, no. which, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe, uh, which if you're ready, we can head into yeah, yeah. and you can start us off since I went first last time. I'm going to make it real easy. Cause I already gave him shit once. Uh, Ben and Amco is your, is your most or, sh- or, uh, like 
Um, That's the most disappointing. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was the weakest one because they didn't have an excuse. Yeah. Um, like the Warner Brothers one's a, a shout out, I guess. But at the same time, like they don't really have anything anyways. Batman games. Sure. But they could. I mean, they honestly should have just probably just not been there. Or just fucking release the trailer on YouTube while E3 is happening. It's going to get watched. Uh, Or get in a presentation. Yeah. Games Fest would have had you. They needed a nine-minute segment presentation to tell you that Back for Blood's got multiplayer when in two to three minutes you could. You needed a slot that was nine minutes? Yeah. It's it's a weird one. It seems seems wasted for sure. Um, I think Bandai Namco is a really good one I didn't think about, though, because it is... I mean, I'm thinking of worse presentation. As a disappointment, though, I get it for sure because they do have the stuff to show. Well, and there's and no they presentation. Just, they just didn't. So, yeah, worse presentation. That's a good point. The presentation was one game. It was, they had it a wasn't dev really. talk about a game. Yeah. Um, that's that's fair. And, again, this this a lot of this has to do with more so this being a conference supposed conference i should say obviously there's people who who didn't treat it that way um and this i think is an example that they they treated it as a moment to have a spotlight on them um but i think it completely fucking misses the point man so yeah it's a bummer i'm not even like a huge band namco fan they just have some stuff coming out i want yeah, to know more that we we've already seen we already know yeah. so it's like where was it like, if I'm disappointed that Final Fantasy 16 wasn't shown because I've already seen it and they didn't show this time, you've been showing the fuck out of your games, Ben, at Namco, and then you're just like, you're not going to acknowledge you have them. You should be like, hey, this horror game that is the least interesting thing we got go- coming, this is it. That's the whole presentation. Yeah, it, it's weird. I mean... That just screamed to me that, like, this game's coming out soonish. Will you guys buy it? We need to sell it. It's, it's just a bummer. Because it, regardless of your, your stance on, like, the types of games they make, mm-hmm. um, they have a whole catalog and they ignored yeah. all of it. <laughs> so yeah, they have some like MMO they're working on. Uh, people call it MMO, and I would love to know more about it. Well, games that are currently out that maybe they're working on DLCs for or something too. Like yeah, yeah, uh, they could have easily done like thirty minutes of of random stuff, or even I don't know if I'd say an hour unless they had like a long gameplay video, but. I don't think most companies need an hour slot. Most probably only need 30 yeah. minutes. Only the gigantic ones like yeah. like Xbox and stuff. Or if Sony was still doing E3, they would easily be able to do that. But they do the in-and-out fucking state of plays. So. It's cool. we got something to show now. So show up in two days and we'll show you. Yeah. <laughs> Although EA soon is going to be doing a thing of their own. Revealing. Um, they said an old fan favorite. That they're going to be making again. A lot of people think it's uh, Dead Space. That would be interesting. If it's done well, dope. If Here, it's not, it's fucking more EA. So this is off topic. It's on brand topic for what you're talking about right now. But case cast. Um, Give fuck. I really hope that 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 pause they took for rebranding and stuff like that. I hope this is like Battlefield and all this other stuff is is uh, a sign of that. Um, and I hope it's just not a temporary bandage fix. And the next round of games after this, they're back to their old bullshit. Because um, EA's got a ton of like big titles under their belt, and they have recently been doing a real good job of fucking them all up. <laughs> yeah, EA's really good at that. Um, Bioware's really good at making great games and diluting that experience. So it's like a match. And then Battlefield or Dice. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I don't know. <laughs> 
I, I hope like uh, the the EA Sports did the game back in the day. Remember that? Fucking, uh, I don't know if they still say it or not because I don't play EA Sports games, but uh, hopefully their games will just start like EA. Fucking, we shut the fuck up and make fun games now. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? And it's like, nice. Yeah, keep your mouth shut. Just make good games. Well, and, and like... Make fun things. Doesn't have to be the best thing ever. Doesn't have to win every award. But just make fun shit. At least in the case of DICE, right? They've turned around and they, they put the time in to, to fix Battlefront 2. And then, obviously, they've been putting some effort into their new game because it's looking very good. Um, and it looks faithful and that's what I want to see. And then you just brought up that they're putting new tech in there to do the thinking longevity, yep. which is great. And I think all the big companies are going to do that anyway, which they abandoned battlefield five. Yeah. They had all these plans for, and then like they support it for a while, but then they're also like, we're done. Supporting I think they game. knew they needed to start over. Yeah. Um, which was smart. Yeah. Um, they backed off the mid midway through the development of that game. They literally released this thing saying, like, we went a little overboard with this game. We're going to try and tone it down a bit, which I think is responsible. And they stopped talking shit. So it's like they never, like, apologized for that. But it doesn't. I'm not the type of person who's going to demand that. No, but, they're, uh, they're a company. All they care they, about is money. But so. they did shut the fuck up. There's no the, the fans who think this. At least we think they think this. They should go fuck themselves. Like, there's none of that. So, yeah, um, yeah they're on, they, it seems like they're on the right path. And I hope the rest of EA will follow suit. Um, yeah. So, and that's my whole thing is like, they are, um, a mega corporation. Right. Yeah. And like, were, uh, their, their whole thing just really needs to be, cause they're, they're not like an, in a personal company. If they want to try to work on that, I mean, I, I welcome that, but at the end of the day, they do just need to make a product. And if it's not the product their customers want, they need to work. Or they, it's a business relationship with them. And that's how yeah. it needs to be. It's not like, um, something so many people forget nowadays. Yeah. Versus like, you know, these smaller companies, it's, it's like great example. The guy who makes Stardew Valley, super active, like talking to the people who plays game and anytime they have a problem, he tries to personally fix it all the time, all the time. Does he have to do that? Hell no. He, that game sold plenty. He could be done. He could do it. The guy, uh, who made, uh, that Freddy game, the five nights of Freddy's thing. Retire. Fucking- just bail, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not getting into the reason he did that. You guys can look that up, but because um, I'm not having that conversation. But uh, yeah, he just he just was like, I, I made my money. I'm fucking out of here. Which you know, like I kind of get. Like, if you're a small indie developer and you made your fucking your bag of money, and you're into a situation where people do what they do on the internet and get pissed at you, and you could just fuck off like Notch they do to meet fez or whatever threw yeah. a fit and ran off so. yeah, that guy was fucking annoying though he's sure. a pretentious little nerd but same thing yeah yeah I, I mean i get it if you can do it do it but yeah i don't know what we're talking about anymore but it was it was you know basically ea ea's relationship with us oh, needs to EA, be okay. customer or uh you know uh, su- supply and demand essentially yeah, yeah. um and you're selling a product you're not fucking you're not you're not changing the world here yeah um and when your your customers have criticisms, your devs, um, as much as like they can have their own personal opinions or whatever like that, but they do represent you as a whole company. Yeah. And and that did, does need to be taken into consideration. So if you want to take that route, there are consequences to all actions, positive and negative. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yeah. Have you got an opinion you want to you want to spout off, and then you start to not get sales because of that opinion, and then you start bitching about it? Go fuck yourself, like that. <laughs> That does not need to be explained to you. 
if you didn't if you don't get what's going on there or you're somehow surprised that the people aren't going to do business with you maybe you shouldn't be part of a company maybe you shouldn't be running a business if i put raisins in my food all the time and i'm selling that to you and you keep telling me i don't like these raisins i don't like these raisins and i start yelling at you because you don't like raisins if i start making up why you don't like those yeah. raisins well i'm i'm trying to be not too yeah, specific, in this, yeah, but yeah. yeah for sure for sure um it's, it's the, the point makes sense though yeah uh it's it's my fault when people stop buying my raisin infested food so 100 you want to make that shit and then fucking bitch people don't buy it yeah and then tell them they fucking sucks they don't yeah it's stupid yeah. so yeah anything else seriously ben and amco what the fuck were you doing this year <laughs> yeah it's a pretty good one i kind of feel like i should update my list but i'm gonna stick with mine <clears throat> um shout out take two interactive uh they had um a panel <laughs> but uh they took up a slot to tell people about social stuff um that absolutely nobody is tuning into e3 for um i didn't even watch it um i just heard a lot about it and uh heard that there was like no games imagine being the rockstar publisher yeah <laughs> and you chose to do that yeah um so interesting worst presentation in the sense that what presentation why'd you show up um to do like a fucking class lecture no, no one's here for that so worst presentation uh for me worst presentation though is gearbox um there's definitely competition uh but gearbox pissed me off um, I felt insulted watching their presentation. It's yeah, the so only presentation I watched. I felt insulted. That's a bad one. Yeah. Um, you know, you had uh, you know some hiccups with Capcom, but it wasn't bad. You had some hiccups with Square Enix, but it wasn't bad. They showed off new games. They had shit to show. They had mm -hmm. exciting new content to talk about. They got games coming Spent down the pipeline. Too long on one game, but Ben and Amco did some fucking weird shit that I can't figure out. But. Gearbox decided that they were going to vote their whole presentation. That was a pretty long sit to showing you trailers. They have already showed you on other presentations and to tell you about a movie that, um, most people watching E3 probably are not watching E3 to find out more on, um, Randy Pitchford. I get, he's excited, um, that he's making a bunch of money and, uh, a game that, uh, he's responsible for in some ways is getting to be on the big screen. It's very exciting for him. And some, some movie stars are going to be in it. You know, it's for him being able to walk around on a film set. probably really exciting. He's like, Oh, Borderlands. I, this is my thing. I'm making so much money from this. That doesn't translate. I don't know anybody who watched that, who fucking liked it. I didn't see anybody. In fact, I, I didn't see a whole lot of people or hear a lot of people, uh, watch that who didn't complain about it as it happened. It was such a fucking waste of time. It didn't. It didn't make me want to see the movie at fucking all. My only curiosity of that movie is to see if it's fucking horrible or not, um, or to see how they do. Um, or you know, Eli Roth's made some interesting movies before, so I'm curious about that. But um, Gearbox's presentation did not make me want to see it. In fact, it made me want to, want to not spend money on that movie because uh, Randy Pitchford wasted my fucking time. Uh, he didn't respect my time. He had no interest in my time. He had interest in his time. He, uh, like I said, it was masturbatory. The whole fucking presentation was Randy Pitchford being excited about his movie um, that someone's making. Um, it wasn't done in a fun way. It was kind of awkward. A lot of people in the fucking on the uh, the set were acting kind of like 
like why is he walking around with a fucking camera crew right now like what we're filming this right now and you know some of it seemed like they're in on it eli roth seemed to play around uh, a little bit with uh you know having fun with it and shit but um you brought people to the movie set you didn't even fuck it wasn't even exciting you didn't even show anything you just confirmed the movie's being fucking made. We know that. You confirmed who's in it, and you had them awkwardly come out and fucking wave at the camera. Like, hey, assholes, yeah, come watch the movie. You didn't show any fucking, uh, you know, um, character designs from the movie, uh, early concept stuff. You didn't show any footage from it. I know it's being filmed right now, so I get that. It's, you know, I'm, I'll be realistic about it, but nothing. You just wanted to go, hey, Borderlands movie, we're making one. I'm really excited about it. You guys should watch it. Oh, by the way, that fucking uh, Tiny Tina thing that uh, whatever the hell we're working on right now that you guys already watched, here's the same trailer. Watch it again. But also this movie, though, if you guys don't fucking know, I got a movie being made right now, so I got it. It was dumb. It was horrible. It was the worst, worst, worst of uh, the whole thing. Um, I'm Randy Pitch for Welcome to Jackass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Gearbox used to really like Gear- Gearbox a lot, and I still think that Borderlands is, is pretty good. Um but they don't they don't make a whole lot of good games. I don't get excited for the games at all anymore. Um, and now their presentation was about a fucking movie, um, a movie I don't give a shit about. Maybe it's good. Maybe I'll watch it and be like, you know what, that movie is actually pretty cool. I didn't want to watch fucking behind the scenes of nothing. It was the most boring behind the scenes of a movie I've ever seen, um, and awkward as shit. So it was it was awful. It was awful. Fucking Bandai Namco, I think is a really good pick, just because it's like why. Why? Why'd you do that, Bandai Namco? But I wasn't angry at Bandai Namco. I was just like, what the fuck, dude? What are you doing? Gearbox is awful. It was really fucking bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, especially when other people just like... really. I remember before we even watched it, I was like, what's Gearbox going to even fucking talk about? What do they have? What do they make? Yeah. And they're like, you know what? We got a fucking movie coming out. We need to, fucking, we need to let people know this shit's coming out. And they did that. And that's what they did. And no one gave a shit. So... Um, I don't know. Let me know in the comments if you're one of these people, like legitimately. I don't know if that presentation sold a ticket or not to that movie. Did anyone change their mind or decide they're going to watch it because of that? I I doubt it. I'm going to be completely honest, too, is the people who are going to be probably interested in that movie are probably not the people watching E3. Or playing Borderlands regularly. They heard of a Borderland before. Or maybe they played a co-op with a friend one time. Well, it's just, like, you know, the Monster Hunter movie and the Resident Evil movies and stuff like that. The people who watched those were mostly people going to watch a movie and not people who are actually fans. of the Or masochistic gamers. Yeah. I, the, the, who the, just wanted to find out what, what happened. The demo is just completely wrong because there's just this huge track rest, record of, of disrespect towards the, the properties. So. Yeah. And that's that's why it's the worst presentation for me. Gearboxes, it, it it didn't respect my time. It didn't respect me as a as a fan of any games that they've made. The very few now that I, I even have any shits to give. Um, and it was essentially someone pissing in my face and fucking telling me to thank them for it. So, um, worst one for sure. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it for our categories. Um, anything else to say before we grade it? Uh, I feel like next year there is going to be no excuses left. I think we'll be done with excuses for um, sure. So don't expect 
a hundred percent reasonable, uh, not reasonable understanding, uh, at least us next year, I guess. Yeah, that will go into my grade. I'm, I'm going to be understanding to a degree, but not overly. It's not the excuse, but it is a part of the excuse. Yeah. Some of the things. Yeah, we're definitely getting out of the, uh, uh, the, that you can use that forever. Yeah. The territory. Exacerbate shit at this yeah. point still, but I think the world has quickly learned to, to function in a new way mm-hmm. um, to the point where a lot of these presentations were unhindered by it now. So we learned the lessons already or they did. I remember when Xbox was first starting to do their uh, like zoom style presentations, they're kind of weird and awkward. Um, that's not a thing anymore. So yeah. um, they can do what everybody else can. Uh, yeah. So let's know in the comments uh, when it comes to those categories, your picks and uh, general thoughts of E3, although we will be reading those very soon. Um, but let's get into our grade with, every, with the, or the, everything that we've said so far. Uh, we don't really have to explain ourselves too much. Uh, what would you grade the whole entire experience of E3, including Summer Game Fest? I think for every good moment, there was a bad moment. I think it's pretty even, to be honest. Hmm, that's fair. Um, Microsoft was good. Nintendo was good. Uh, Game Fest was good, right? And then uh, Ben and Amco was disappointing. Take Two shouldn't have been there. Gearbox shouldn't have been there. Capcom was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ubisoft was okay, right? Yeah. So it, it's a pretty even split. No Dancing Panda. Um, that was disappointing. Um <laughs> I, that's kind of like expected at this point. Yeah. Um, so I think honestly, by that logic, I have to give it a C. It was like right down the middle, um, which is not what I want to say. Mm-hmm. I like. I feel like I should be like excited and like had four days of just amazing content, and we just didn't get that. And it, it was really disappointing. It was a it was a rocky road for sure. It was yeah. bumpy. There was some great stuff in there, and I'm glad we got to see it. But uh, yeah, it was such a roller coaster, man. Um, I I just hope next year that I can at least give it a B range. So yeah, I really wanted to give it a B minus, honestly. But uh, I think I'm gonna give it a C plus. Um, I get where you're coming from. When he says like a fifty fifty split, I'm like, kind of, like to every degree. Every major banger had a major disappointment. Everything that was good. There was bad. Everything that was kind of like, yeah, it's kind of cool looking. Had kind of like, eh, nah, I don't really give a fuck. Yeah. Um, it was really across the board, all over the fucking place in that sense. So yeah, I agree with that. Give it the C plus though, because um, with the excuse of things being kind of weird right now, certain people struggled, other people didn't, and they did really good jobs, and their presentations are great, and there are some really cool looking fucking games shown. And some stuff I'm really excited about. And um, we did get some of the big surprises we we're hoping for. Um, so it delivered in some ways. So I got to give it a little more. I really want to give it a B, but I wasn't in love with the whole experience. Um, I always enjoy talking about it. The experience of this is fun, but some of those presentations, if they weren't there, I don't think would have changed. It might have been better without them, honestly, which sounds kind of fucking weird. I mean, um, what a streamline the experience. I wouldn't have wasted my time. Yeah. If you got nothing weighing you down, then it does overall yeah. make, make it a you know better time. So, yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna give a C plus, a strong C plus, but C plus. 
So yeah, C, C plus, let us know in the comments what do you guys think of the whole thing, all of EA, fucking E3. Uh, what would you grade it? Think about it. Try and be fair about it. I know some people were really fucking upset with the Z3. I know some people were defending it. And I, I, you know, I don't know a whole lot of people who are super in love with this E3. So I feel like we're going to get some F's, some D's, some C's, maybe some B's. But, uh, but yeah, let us know everything you're thinking about in the comments below when it comes to all things E3, your impressions, moving on from it. We have other things coming up this year, too, when it comes to, like, Gamescom, fucking Tokyo Game Show, shit like that. Yeah, that's the beginning of that, the whole roller coaster, yeah. so. Yeah. And then EA's got their announcement coming up. So, yeah, this is the beginning of uh, gaming announcements. So, we'll get more later and maybe find out what the fuck um, Blue Box is making. Also, don't forget there's a holiday season. So. True. True. All right. So, we're going to pass the mic to you guys and read your comments you guys commented on a lot of our videos i made a funny ass face right there look at me i'm almost it's a completely different beanie don't think it's the same uh, it's a brand new beanie look at that thing um yeah comment uh ask tlg on your comment if you want to be featured on this uh otherwise we pick at random but i am going to go through and read quite a bit of these because because we covered E3, you guys are with us for that, and um, we've been talking about it all week. I want to make sure you guys, you know, are heard and and uh, uh, we reply. I have time to reply to a lot of you guys too, so I want to give this uh, give you guys an opportunity to be um, replied to here. So we're gonna start with uh, my reaction to the reveal trailer of uh, Battlefield 2042. Um, that. Uh, I think it's the original trailer, not the gameplay trailer mm -hmm. that we saw. So, uh, yeah, I watched that. If you want to know what I thought of it in the moment, go check it out. That goes for all these videos. We got uh, Flapjack, Daddy Clap, Dummy Thick, Pancake Cheeks, No Syrup. Getting better at saying that. Saying, I'm genuinely hyped for this. So he's stoked for Battlefield. Me too. Um, Jerry Melinda says, woohoo, can't wait to catch your reaction tonight. So hyped. He pretty showed up to every stream, so it's very appreciated. Always good to have you in the streams, Jeremy. Chevy says, give me the RoboDog. True. Are you still excited about the RoboDog? Oh, yeah. Cool. Thank you for the comments, Chevy, and everybody else. <laughs> <clears throat> Moving on. We have uh, reacting to Summer Game Fest kickoff, uh, where we saw Elden Ring. So if you want to see our original reaction to that and our secondary reaction and our third reaction, it's all in that video. And then there's another video where we talked about more Elden Ring. So if you want Elden Ring content still, we talked about it quite a bit. We got some big comments from some of our big commenters. First one being Simon Riders Block Randall saying, Big Dark Souls. The hollowing ends, the tarnishing begins, soundtrack already doing things to me. PvP is back from the looks of it, bigger than life art direction from soft being from soft. Agreed. Uh, I think the counter animation is a running joke on the or in the dev team, though. I kind of expect combat to be a mix between Dark Souls in terms of branching and Sekiro stealth and lots of parrying. I never like mounted combat in games, though. But we've definitely we're definitely getting camera fucked again. Some of those creatures shown were enormous. Time to clip dragon nails and timing rolls by looking at belly spasms and tail movement. Wonder why we're riding. Uh, Shamwa, Camwa, Shamwa, though. 
It's an interesting question. Uh, I pretty much agree. I think it's going to be a mix of Dark Souls and uh, and and um, Sekiro because uh, we did see the stealth uh, segment there, which is exciting for me. Hopefully, it's a little more fleshed out than Sekiro. I like that Sekiro had it, but I like a better stealth system. Um, Dark Souls combat, but looks like it flows better. The animations look way better, in my opinion. Uh, we are going to get camera fucked. That's just uh, the way it is when it comes to Dark Souls games. Um, soundtrack, I mean, that's one thing. Dude, even fucking um, Armored Core had such a fucking like epic soundtrack. Like That's just something From Software does. From Software, even across all their games, doesn't have to be Dark Souls. They know how to make shit epic and fucking just dope looking dope yeah. with cool music that just fits the scene. And you're just like, this is intense. They've always done it. They're really good at it. Uh, so the music the soundtrack, you know, is going to do that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with everything you're saying here. Um, except for the Shamwa thing. Isn't it a fucking, I thought it was a horse. I don't remember. Not a big fan of, um, Mounted combat. I think if it's done badly, I agree with you. Um, otherwise, I always like in games where I can ride by someone and fucking hit them. Um, always feels good. I know you don't like driving, riding, or I was say the only operating. thing I can even comment on in this whole thing is I probably will spend very little time on the back of a horse if I decide to play the game. So, yeah, yeah. I uh, and for context, when I played. Um, <coughs> Oh no, my brain just blanked. Ghosts, this Shishima. Um, I I almost never used my horse the whole game, and I platinumed it. So, yeah, you're running around on foot a lot. That horse was so good, though. The flow of it was so fucking well done. Don't like it. <laughs> but yeah, I I, uh, I I share your enthusiasm and uh, concerns of getting camera fucked. Uh, so we will see, but I think we're gonna be right on this. Uh, from software, um, I feel like you can kind of, kind of certain things you can kind of bank on and assume are going to happen are going to happen. So. I also think if you're going to buy the game, you're consenting to that uh, yeah. happening to you anyway. Yeah, so. you're agreeing to it when you purchase it because you knew it when you went into it. Uh, Amelia says, I tinkled a little of my trousers at the Elden Ring reveal, my most anticipated game. It looks beautiful. And just when I thought open world was getting stale from showed a, me a vision of a unique w open world experience. As for the combat, they said it take more cues from Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, than Dark Souls. Kind of seems like that. On top of horseback riding and horseback combat, there will also be stealth mechanics. I wonder if that's also taking from Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. I assume it is. I feel like they probably learned some lessons from that in changing up the combat from um, Dark Souls, and this will be a continuation evolution of that. Uh, I can't wait to see this natural evolution of Dark Souls uh, as uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki has described it to be. Uh, continuing, I, uh, I wonder if Elden Ring lore-wise will actually be connected to the world of Dark Souls. Well, um, oh God, the guy who wrote the fucking story... Martin. Oh, George R. R. Martin. Yeah. He he uh, recently in an interview said that it's a sequel to Dark Souls. And everybody's like, it's not a, a sequel to Dark Souls. It's its own game. What if it was connected to Dark Souls? What if they told him early on, like, we need, you know, we're just looking to make it like a, even like a loose sequel. Something that's, mm -hmm. you know, within the same realm or universe. And he just like blatantly said I that mean, shit. But you could also say it's a sequel in the sense of like, it's a follow-up. All the near games are sequels but sure they're 
He could just be confused too, though, and like you know, he's just saying a sequel as like it's a follow up to prior games they've made similar yeah. to it. So it's it's loose, whatever. But um, uh, it might be. Um, there seems to be some overlapping concepts in the three interlocking rings could refer to multiple worlds connected, which would be cool. The tree seems inspired by uh, Yggdrasil, uh, which is Norse mythology connected nine worlds. Yeah, definitely. Um, Hard to miss that. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if we'll get some kind of tribute to Kentaro Miura um, in oh, this game. The whole game. Well, in the trailer, you see the dude who looks a lot like fucking guts. The wolf farmer. The wolf guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pose and all. Yeah. I would be very surprised. The whole game is going to be a tribute, but I would be surprised if there isn't something that's going to be directly in tribute to him because he has been such a uh, inspiration <clears throat> inspiration for a lot of things, but for what they do. I'll say Cloud wouldn't exist if he didn't exist. Everything, so. dude. So many things are inspired by guts, which is sad, but amazing because I love Berserk. Uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Uh, I am kind of interested in as I recently got Borderlands the handsome uh, collection and even though I didn't think I'd get into it I'm really enjoying Borderlands too it's it's good <laughs> uh, I've not gotten far into or to be introduced to Tantina though she's definitely a fan favorite um, I'm kind of interested in it too we didn't see the game so I don't know but in concept I assume it's gonna be similar to the DLC that was in Borderlands 2 and that was definitely one of the better DLCs for that game. I think I'm going to be the jerk here and say I think Borderlands 2 was their lucky game. I liked Borderlands 1 quite a bit, but 2 was so much better. 3 is better in gameplay, but yeah. I don't give a fuck about it in any other capacity, so I don't want to replay it. I agree that I want to wait and see more of it first. Uh, I don't give a crap if Andy Samberg is involved or not. I couldn't agree with anything said tonight more then I don't give a crap if Andy Samberg is involved or not in anything. So, agreed. Who is uh, that? Some fucking dude. Okay. He thinks he's funny. Um, Death, Sh <laughs> uh, Death Stranding is one of my favorite games of all time. And much like you, me, I consider a masterpiece. Me. You're talking about me for sure. Uh, so, a director's cut sounds both intriguing and orgasmic and providing a reason to upgrade and experience it anew. I'm looking for a reason to buy the fucking game again. Um, I hope it's a physical PS5 release. I'm curious what new gameplay systems and storylines will be included. I assume there will be a new story at least, whether it's a side quest or part of the main narrative. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to play it again anyway, but... Um, New content is what I'm mostly curious about. What are they adding to it? Because um, I loved every fucking inch of that game. So Also, I feel like you could have a lot of fun um, bringing that game to a PS5 controller, too. Oh, for sure. Like... The, the amount of like movement and like terrain that uh, that affects every step of in that game mm. could so easily be translated into that controller to sense, enhance yeah. the journey of that game the walking of the game um, that if you don't experience you're not gonna appreciate it the same way somebody played through it that game really fucking it really matters that you play it in that game you also, gotta you gotta be there for every step the boss fights also have a little bit of walking yeah. There's a lot of walking in almost every game ever. Um, MMOs are walking simulators. Steel Rising, I am also excited for, as I really liked uh, Greedfall by the same studio, and the new cinematic trailer looks great. You actually uh, had us react to that, and I agree. I think the, the game looks really cool, and really hope that's their uh, spiders um, mm. 
big hitter finally. Like I, they're they're going the right direction. They really are. So wait for that that big game that's going to really break them out. Uh, I really want to play Chivalry Two. The first one was really fun. I'm excited for the DLC for Mortal Shell Two, the Virtuous Cycle. I don't know anything about that, but I have played Chivalry Two, and it's a lot of fun. It's not like an amazing game, but it's a lot of fun if you like running in, swinging swords at people, um, lobbing heads off. Uh, on another note, has anyone played Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade I, episode intermission? I bought it. The new expansion or Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart? This is a bit disappointing. Yeah. So this was a week ago. Yeah. I've, that I've, we got this. I bought uh, the Seven Remake uh, Intergrade. Um, have not tried it yet. And then. Um, I plan to buy Ratchet and Clank this weekend. So. I have every intention to buy and play Ratchet and Clank. I'm I have every intention to play both those, but you know. Well, same, yeah. yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. But I can just beat Final Fantasy VII. I've, I've been such an asshole about that game. But uh, Ratchet and Clank is like brand new, straight up PS5 game. There's no excuse why I haven't touched it yet. Yeah. Um, it's fucking bizarre. But I think it's because E3, we're covering E3, we weren't, we weren't thinking yeah, about it. They, rele- they released the game during E3. So it's kind of crazy timing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I haven't played either of them. And um, um, I'm hoping to play them soon. For so. sure. Anything you want to throw in there while while we're here? Or? I kind of just did it while you're gone. Yeah, same. So. That's what I was trying to do. With these bigger comments, I like to just do it as as I'm reading through. So we're not change to, your trousers. Yeah, hopefully a week ago. Since a week ago, that's yeah. that's been that's been uh, fixed. I would ex- I would expect so, but just in case, change them. Yeah. Thank you for the comment. Moving on, Maneki um, Neko says Wonderlands has me interested in how far it'll deviate from Borderlands gameplay and Elden Ring shit can't or shit can't stop watching the trailer. Um, it's a yeah, good one. I've seen the trailer quite a bit as well. Uh, seems to be a general consensus of a lot of people that it's it's a very watchable trailer. Um, the hype's real for sure. Wonderlands, yeah. I mean, I think everyone's on the same page. Either you don't give a fuck about it, or you're hoping to give a fuck because you're interested in the prospect of it but what do we have to go off of what we remember that they've done in the past and hopefully they do that and better right but uh i'm i'm also curious about are we getting another borderlands game or are we getting something different something that they can really go crazy with and make a different experience i don't know maybe it's an rts that'd be fucking crazy um and then another one from Neko Neko says, I think Sid- Sydney Goodman left IGN to kind of do her own thing, like, uh, own thing, kind of like what Greg Miller did with Kind of Funny. Um, that's the girl who's always at the presentations that we've come So she's going to get a crew, awkwardly fire a guy, yep. and then just be not funny all the time? Yep, and then split their, their fan base. Cool. Um, and then the guy who leaves is, like, the most supported gaming <laughs> Patreon ever um edit just realized all the kind as i used yeah it kind of threw me off uh, i swear it was unintentional i think it was intentional i think you're like i think you're like i'm gonna fucking make seth look like an idiot um which is tough to do good job um anything you want to add to anything all right thank you for the comments everybody moving on to the next video we got um and i did go through i believe and only pick the videos that we had comments on because some there's like two videos no one commented on no one fucking commented um the hell's that reaction ubisoft or ubisoft forward e3 2021 we reacted to the whole thing so go check it out new avatar game and you guys are very excited about that <laughs> we got one comment tom b says rather ubisoft fast forward times 10 or 10 times disapproval face 
He looks bored. Did you want to fast forward to that when we watched it? No. Yeah, me neither, but I could see where he's coming from. It was definitely not one of the best presentations, but uh and this isn't has this has nothing to do with you, Tom. But I feel like Ubisoft gets uh, an unfair amount of hate every single year. So I agree. I agree. They are one of the top big three, but um they're not as bad as the other two. And their presentations are typically Ellie's fun. Or they're safe. For I sure. just think I, I think a big problem with Ubisoft is like we kinda know what they're gonna show us, even if it's a brand new game. Yeah. And it's like, oh, more of that uh no Splinter Cell, huh? <laughs> Another year, no Splinter Cell. Thanks. Ubisoft. More pandas dancing. No pandas dancing this year. Well, don't worry, though. Um, Splinter Cell will be in other games. Yeah, and get his own fucking anime or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, I I get where we're coming from. It, it wasn't the best presentation, but I didn't think it was that bad either. Um, but yeah, moving on to the next video. Thank you for the comment. Uh, reaction to Xbox and Bethesda games, E3. This is the big one. This was our favorite one. And you guys commented. We got one from Flapjack Daddy Claps, Dummy Thick Pancake Cheeks No Syrup, saying, yeah, after I watched the gameplay trailer, I was super hyped for you guys to check it out. This looks as Battlefield as Battlefield has ever been. I kind of agree. It looks, watching it again, I was like, this is Battlefield. Yeah, it feels good. Like Battlefield's back. And yeah. it looks bigger and crazier. So, um, yeah. And I appreciate you watched it. And we're like, they, they got to I'm stoked for them to check it out. Because I watched, I was pretty fucking into it. So, yeah. Um, he also says, also, I had no idea Battlefield was part of the Microsoft showing. I only saw it appear as a standalone trailer released on the Battlefield YouTube channel. Lol. Um, yeah, on the Discord. Uh and I appreciate it. I appreciate when people tip us off with anything. He was letting us know, hey, there's a trailer for Battlefield. And I was like, is it independent or is it part of presentation? He had assumed it was independent. We watched it before the presentation. And then it happened to happen in the presentation as well. So we watched it twice. I'm not complaining. It's a, it's a good trailer. So if it was a shit one, maybe I'd be like, you fucked up. Flapjack, daddy clap, da- dummy, thick pancake, blah, blah, blah. I can't even fucking do it. How, how dare you not be perfect? How dare you not? be 100% accurate. Um, but yeah, the trailer was sick and, uh, I'm glad, um, you're super hyped for us to check it out. Yeah. Uh, and then we got, how do I say that? Alatool, um, saying I would have had a prey 2017 sequel than Starfield. It's, uh, it's kind of a rough thing to say <laughs> considering not for me. I don't give a fuck. It's Starfield, but like, um, a lot of people are excited for Starfield, and uh, Prey did not get the recognition I think a lot of people wanted it to get. Yeah. So it is interesting that that you just like, yeah, I wish I were going to sequel of that over Starfield. Well, and hopefully they they can still over make Garfield. that happen. Um, honestly, this I'm I'm Starfield is only on my radar only because I I'm hoping that they can make me care. So, mm-hmm. but I'm really just not, I'm not sold. I got no hype for it, yeah. but if they do make a great game, you're not going to see me fucking complaining. I'll play it. Yeah. So. I'm in a weird limbo place with Bethesda. Yep. I like, I, I, Oh, well, I'm down with them right yeah. at this point, but they I can bring on them pretty hard, but, yeah. um, they are a capable company. I just need them to start caring again. So that's the big thing. Yeah. They got to start like being like a company that gives a fuck again. Mm. Cause they're not, um, like I said, hopefully Xbox, like, get your shit together. Let's fucking make some fun. Xbox is the perfect company for that. They're all about fucking, are people having fun? People love games? Yeah. 
So Bethesda's like, are they playing together? I, I feel like he's gonna go up to Phil Spencer and be like, Skyrim. He's like, no more fucking. I was gonna clap really loud, but it'd be loud. No more fucking Skyrim. It's, like, it's time to move on, Todd. And Todd be like, but Skyrim money. Like we got money at Microsoft. Just fucking make new games. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Yeah, we have. We have we're, we're losing money on Game Pass. Just make something. Military money, school money. <laughs> yeah, like, we we yeah. are not. We're not short on that. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, uh, thank you for the comments, everybody. Mm -hmm. Moving on to the next video, we did Capcom E3 Showcase 2021 and Elden Ring details. We talked about the details of Elden Ring. So if you're curious about our thoughts on that, check it out. We got a comment from what the fuck is going on here, uh, Amelia saying, "I'm so hyped. I love the map." Uh, is in the game and players have to keep track of their own progress, kind of like Metro Exodus. I love how you can go about the bosses in any order. It's truly open world in the context, much like uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is something I believe I mentioned um, here or maybe in real life. I don't know. But that's something I kept bringing up. I'm like, it's kind of cool. You can go in any direction and kind of do your own thing. Uh, including having NPC side quests changing how the endings play out, which is much like that game too. If you don't collect all the links are all of Link's memories, it impacts the ending. All the details about this game just sound incredibly ambitious, immersive, and amazing. This game is shaping up to be far more than simply Dark Souls 4. It's a true evolution and expansion of what they started with that formula. Edit, I want that honeypot monster as my spirit partner. If the game lets me capture it to have as a companion, I don't care if it's useful or not. I'm, I'm in 100% agreeance with you on that last part. Uh, as soon as I saw uh, Lil Pop Boy, I was in love. And if I could have Lil Pop Boy with me throughout the whole game, I would totally do it as well, even if he wasn't that great. Um, because Lil Pop Boy is fucking sick. Um, I agree. I think it's really interesting that Zelda didn't reinvent the wheel, but they gamified in a Zelda way open world games. And in that reconstruction, like I said, they didn't reinvent it, but they, they altered it. People are now inspired by Zelda, Breath of the Wild, for open-world games, which takes a lot of ideas from other games. I mean, there's a lot of influence there. But again, they, they add that Zelda-ness to like the, the exploration and the dungeons, stuff like that. And I wouldn't be surprised. I'd actually be surprised if they said they didn't uh, get inspired by it in some way or another. Yeah. When it comes to the design of their open world, because Dark Souls is also a very gamified game, even though it's high in difficulty, it's set up like a game with set rules and structures. All the, there's no like accidents to it. It's all planned according. And uh, this seems to be a very typical thing in in a lot of Japanese games anyway. Um, whereas like a lot of Western games are. How immersive can it be? How realistic can it We're be? We're definitely about the cinematic experience. Here's the tools to do whatever the fuck you want to make your own fun. Whereas, like, you play Dark Souls and it's like you're within the confines of the rules of the game. And they're designed specifically to have this experience that there is free form to it 100%. But even in an open world game like Zelda Breath of the Wild, there is a planned way of freedom they've allotted you, they've given you. Um, that people break left and right. Yeah, um, and it's it's just really interesting game design, and so I wouldn't be surprised if it was an influence for this game, um, which is really cool to hear, uh, or would be cool to hear if I heard that. But um, really cool to think about, I think. So, um, but yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, it is definitely shaping up to be more than Dark Souls Four, um, but if it is like a spiritual Dark Souls Four, um, it's uh, it's it's 
quite the evolution. So, anyone add? Uh, the only thing I really could add is um, I do feel like from soft is literally just um, when they keep saying they're done with something. I it, I think they literally mean the name and, the, and not the game because uh, it does feel like they're just evolving this craft. Um, and in order to do it safely, they have to slap another name on it. And it actually is super smart. Yeah, they they got a, a formula that they're, they're in the lab they're working on and trying to make better and better and better. Yeah. They're, they're um, trying to make Coca-Cola right now. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah for sure. Um, and hopefully, it, it you know it always keeps its uniqueness and its charm and stuff like that. I don't want to get mm. too watered down, but um, they're definitely every time they make a, a new game where they experiment and then they take those lessons to the next game and add more experiments and that just keeps rolling. And yeah, just honing that craft of the type of game they make, um, and I'm you know I'm excited to see where it goes. So Sam. Thank you for the comment. Moving on to the last video. Quick reminder that if you'd like your comment to be read on TasteCast, make sure to type in hashtag AskTLG. Otherwise, I pick at random. Here, I'm reading pretty much everybody. Uh, we got a comment on the Nintendo Direct Bandai Namco, or lack of Bandai Namco, yeah. uh, presentation from Keith. Talking to someone who's not here, saying, Chris is cray-cray. You get so many weapons constantly. The durability is arbitrary at that point. Breath of the Wild is easily one of the best games I've ever played. If that game ever goes on sale, and it's a Nintendo game, so it won't. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I would be curious to try it, but I literally cannot convince myself to spend $50 on an open-world Zelda game with durability. Yeah, and the, and the durability is one of the biggest things that was ever talked about with that game, outside of people loving it. Sure. But people also, I know so many people who just did not beat it because they hated the dur durability. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of people. Yeah, that's a that's an annoyance, right? And mm. I could probably look around that, but I, I fuck, I'm so just open world is not my 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 category, mm. and I'm not a big Zelda fan, like just in general. Mm. Um, last Zelda, like I truly enjoyed was. Probably, but realistically, it was probably awkward in time. But bef but my favorite is um, uh, oh god, now I'm not gonna know the name, and I'm Link not gonna past. be a true fan. Yeah, Link to the Past. The Super yeah. Nintendo one's amazing. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, dude, that's fucking definitely uh one of the legendary games. But there's a lot of them. For a while, I didn't play because the art style was so different, but in retrospect, they're all different looking now. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of now the Zelda thing, but, um, they're all really well crafted, good creative games. I, I'm um, not going to say that. I'm yeah. also though. I mean, I admit it. I don't mind the avatar movies and I'm going to say I'm not the biggest Zelda fan either, yeah. but, um, I appreciate it. I like Zelda. I love certain Zelda games from my past or whatever, but, um, Link to Seth's past, but um, yeah, some the formula is just not like amazing to me. Um, but they're fun. Yeah, I, I'm, and yeah, I, I think I should probably clarify. But the open that world definitely kind of exists. I definitely you. don't think they're bad games. Yeah, for they're sure, definitely I, not bad. I games. would never. Who the <laughs> fuck would make that claim? That'd be um, kind of crazy. But they're just so like it's hard for me because people get so excited for these games. I'm just like, I can't. So, yeah, I I've, I don't know the last time I was hyped for a Zelda game. Yeah, probably 
back in the day. Now, that being said, Ocarina of Time, I was very excited for. Everyone loves this game, and they're making a sequel to it, and I'm so excited for you guys. Um, Are you excited, Chris Cray Cray? Well, I mean, that's just normal, but I also talk to the guy like almost every day. So he's Cray Cray. Yeah. For sure. Trying to get him in a hot tub. Yeah, and then I had to inform him that they make inflatable ones now. So he has no excuse. He put it in his closet when he's not using it. I just got no excuse. Fucking, what if he just doesn't want to be in it? I, I, I got I got big plans. I want Chris up in the Chris box in a hot tub every taste cast. Or at least one. No, every single one. Everyone. That would be like his thing. He's got to turn to a prone. He doesn't have to stay in it after we film. Yeah, but we filmed for like two to three hours. That'll be fine. <laughs> what do you think those girls on Twitch were doing? Putting their feet in there? Hanging out in there for hours. They're not sitting in them. There might not even been watering some of those. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're not stupid. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. <laughs> um, made a lot of money not being stupid. So, uh, yeah. I That's cool, though, that uh, Breath of the Wild is easily one of the best games you ever played. Yeah. Um, it does seem like a game that you'd definitely be a big fan of. Um, and I'm glad the durability wasn't... A hindrance for you because I know a lot for a lot of people it, it was definitely even like huge fans of Zelda I knew we're not a fan of um, the durability so um, yeah, I'm, not I'm sure as you play it you, it's it's not well yeah but it's like in the beginning of the game I'm sure it doesn't I'm sure it changes later the further you get into it I never beat that game um, not for that reason alone I, Seth reasons but um, uh, in the beginning of the game you can hit someone with the stick like three times and it just breaks or if you get like find an axe um, you like hit somebody a couple times it just breaks and you just like load up your sack full of weapons and just breaking constantly and shit. So um, weird. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting game design. And like I said, there's so many weapons constantly. The durability durability is arbitrary, but that's kind of things you're cycling through weapons often because they break all the time. So it's a really interesting game choice that I I'm gonna put money on it if they make. I would put money. I'm not gonna. Um, Breath of the Wild two or whatever they end up calling it. I would be very surprised if they keep the durability system the same. If it's exactly the same, I'll be surprised because that's the biggest thing. That's the only thing I heard complained about in that game was the durability. That's it. So it's well, so, a weird idea to me too, just because like, what if I like it? What the durability? The weapon. What if I want oh, that weapon? No, it's busted. That's it's my bad. whole point. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. but it's about the journey in Zelda. It's not about you're not, you're not getting that loot. I don't care about him trying to find his fucking girlfriend, man. <laughs> True. That's most Nintendo games, though. All right. Well, unless you have anything else to say. Mm, thank you for your comment, Keith. Thank you for the comments, Keith. Your comment, Keith. But thank you for your comments, everybody. everybody. Uh, it's been a fun E3. We always enjoy doing this and uh, always enjoy talking about it. So, uh, again, let us know in the comments everything you're thinking about when it comes to E3, your impressions, good, bad everything in between but that's gonna do it for this episode of taste cast uh thanks for watching as always uh like subscribe and all that stuff if you enjoyed this episode um if that's not enough support for the channel check out our patreon check out our discord link down below talk to us anytime all time on itunes spotify or the podcast platforms if you prefer to listen to us in audio form this will be an audio form and uh yeah type in hashtag stlg on your comment if you'd like to be considered on taste cast last reminder uh, before you find out who I am, um, this weekend, 
plus club most likely will come out sunday unless something changes but most likely sunday and then i'm going to really push back uh game of the month uh probably to tuesday or wednesday because i want to get a chance to play minecraft quite a bit so uh that's the plan those are the episodes coming out next um and if anything gets announced which i don't think because e3 just happened uh we'll cover it for sure but uh yeah my name's seth and uh chevy thanks for joining me as always and uh until the next episode we will see you guys later take it easy